You are listening to the Chompcast, the official podcast of Sword Chomp. And remember, you can always go to swordchomp.com where you can access the many places our podcast is available for download. But if you're listening to the show right now, that means you found us. So welcome to the madness that is the Chompcast. We have a very special show today. Size does matter as we discuss the magical PlayStation VR platforming puzzle game, Moss, the colossal frustration that is Kingdom Come, Deliverance, we battle giant kaiju-esque creatures with Into the Breach, and we talk a bit more about the biggest and best-selling game in Capcom history. We also have the Nintendo Direct to go over briefly, um, and... You know, uh, some really funny polls this week that I posted on the at Swordchomp Instagram, um, including Moss, the Cheesy Gordita Crunch, Fish Eating a Spicy Banana, and Tomb Raider. Uh, and of course, the topic of the show is the dilemma of separating the art from the artist. You know, how do we separate controversy when it involves the creators that make things that we love? Um, this is going to be a gargantuan podcast. That you don't want to miss. Um, also, as we get to some introductions, we have a special guest today. Um, he's been here many times before. He's our good friend, Rich Meister, the maestro from Destructoid.com. How you doing, Rich? I'm doing good. Thanks for uh, having me back, guys. Yeah, we we love having you on, Rich. It's always <laughs> a fun. It's always a fun time here. It is. Um, and you know, mm-hmm. we can bounce mm-hmm. off. Of- topics with pretty much any game off of you but really i i gotta get to the heart of some of the more serious and pressing matters than we're going on at sword chomp like the cheesy gordita crunch and fish eating a spicy banana and that, that's really what i want you here for so that's yeah those are important things any taco yeah. bell or you know food related topics really anything, <laughs> anything food just give me the food <laughs> stuff yeah um, yeah uh it's gonna be fun it's gonna be fun anytime you're here is a special treat for us. So thanks for being here, uh, Rich. And let's get to some quick intros for the crew. <sighs> Up first, of course, from Texas, the snake in my proverbial boots. Fish is here. Um, glad to have you, Fish. And Fish, hey. I did find... Yeah, hey, what's up, man? Um, I, Hi. I did, <laughs> I did finally send that book uh, that you were requesting. Um, I ordered it with my Prime membership, so I got uh-huh. that two-day shipping for you. Should arrive soon. I believe the book was titled... Um, let me pull up my email. Oh, here it is. Uh, the book was titled, It's Not the Size of the Boat, Embracing Life with a Micro Penis." So, um, should be on its way soon, Fish. Oh, wow. You went with that book. Okay. Um... <laughs> <laughs> the one and only <laughs> it's it's the book fish it is the book okay it's a page turner what are, what are some uh what are some highlights of that book morgan have you actually well, read it i haven't because i don't have a micro penis thank god mm. but i will tell you this oh. um wait you fooled me I see <laughs> I fooled. sure he, does, he doesn't have a micro penis he has a nano penis it all has to do with <laughs> angles <laughs> that's right I, I haven't, believe me, fish. I fooled many a women too. That's kind of my thing, the illusion. Okay. Um, <laughs> I don't know how how to take that. I don't need help with that though, Morgan. I, are you trying to get me to fool women with? You know, no, Morgan, no. tricking women. You know, yeah. embracing the book yeah. is more just about 
you know, accepting what you have and making the best of things. And uh, it's like a self-help book. Um, it's powerful stuff. I, I think that oh. I think that you'll really get a lot out of it. So, and that's where the irony comes from. Morgan sending you that. Yeah. He was just literally talking about tricking women. He wants you to accept your lot in life while he doesn't himself. You know, me, uh, <laughs> me he probably wants the... me to read it for him. Really high deception <laughs> skill. We're, we're in the same boat, so to speak. Um, so glad to have you here, Fish. And uh, again, that book should be there shortly. Um, from Japan, the one and only Shay Layton is here. Professor Layton, as we call him. Um, you can find him at Professor Layton because he's finally on Instagram. Yay! How you doing, Shay? Good. I don't know what the hell I was thinking getting him Instagram. <laughs> I can't believe you got um, that handle. Yeah, how'd you get that handle? I, I Well, I had to put two... I had to put two ends mm. because mm. they I didn't get the one end. They were not playing is that, nice. Is that better or worse than an underscore? Better. I think it's definitely better. Yeah. Underscore is very, very um two thousand and two, I feel. So I feel like it's I got tough to I made, remember, yeah. Made away with it. Okay. <laughs> you you'd be so proud, Shay. I've been in a dark hole of kill switch engage all week. Um, I'm so, oh, that's good. That's good news. That's great news. Lots of uh, their best album, um, As Daylight Dies, which is the best Kill Switch Engage album. I will die on that sword. How, how do you, um, like literally every episode you have a sword to die on? I swear to God. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, quit, we are called Sword quit, Chomps. So. Quit dying. It's, quit dying. It's the same sword. <laughs> it's, yeah, Many I just different. devoted my life. No, you're right. You're right, Rich. I just devoted my life to dying on the sword. It's the same sword. It's the, it's Somebody's got to do it. It's true. God knows Fish ain't going to do it. He ain't dying on no fucking swords for nobody. Nope. <laughs> it's why I sleep in the Mr. Destructoid head every night. Oh. Because I'm, <laughs> I'm a company man. <laughs> yeah, our company is choice. That's how it works here. Just me murdering myself over and over for everyone's entertainment. But yeah, every time I listen to Kill Switch Engage, I haven't listened to them in a long time, but every time I do, I think of you. Head being somewhere in Japan, so I always am in a crowded farmer's market. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I wonder how the I wonder how Kill Switch Engage does in Japan. I wonder I wonder how they do there. Um, but we are glad you are here, Professor Layton. Um, talking about into the breach among other things. So thanks for being here. And speaking of which. Josh is here, Joshua Fowler from Michigan. Uh, and Josh, I'm excited to have you here. I know you've played a ton of Into the Breach. Uh, Into the Breach. Now, wasn't that the title of your first amateur adult film? It sounds familiar. No, it was actually my second album. Um, you get those hmm. confused an awful lot. Uh, the, the adult film uh, actually has an unsafe for work title. Very similar to Into the Breach, but... <laughs> Uh, oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. No, no, no. It, it gets confused a lot. Maybe it was into the breach. It's, it's another B <laughs> word. Into okay. the bitch. No, no. That's too derogatory for Josh. Was it britches? I haven't heard that no, word. It, into it, the britches. It, 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 it was a bestiality porn. <laughs> no, no, no. Shay, you crossed the line again. You cross it with your, it. your crowning jokes, your bestiality jokes. Shay, I was. <laughs> you line crosser. I'm a habitual oh. line crosser, if you will. Come on, we have a guest here, Shay. We have a special guest with us. How could you do that? 
it seems I'm fine for my depression. <laughs> He's okay with it. All right, never mind. It's He's part okay of with the course. Bestiality is back on the table. Everything's okay. <laughs> um, uh, I, I never thought those words would come out of my mouth. Bestiality is back. That's your on slogan the for table. 2018. Sword Shop 2018. Oh, no. Bestiality's back on the table. And I will die on that sword <laughs> if I have to. <laughs> God, I hope all this gets edited out. <laughs> no, no, stop. And it won't. Anyway. Um, uh, and of course, I am uh, Morgan. Barnes from Montana. Pretty cool this week, guys. Uh, my big story before we get going. I got engaged to my fiance a couple days ago. It's a good person it's to get engaged crazy. to. Woo! Yeah, I know, right? I'm proud of you. I thought about getting You're engaged to You're halfway to being able to correctly call her your wife. That's true. I figure if I accidentally call her my wife all the time, I might as well do it. Uh, it, was, it was pretty sweet. It actually had a pretty nerdy twist, too, because her... Um, I, we went on like a nerdy little scavenger hunt, like where we kind of recounted memories from our relationship and I had got the ring and everything. And her favorite Pokemon is a Woobat, which I know sounds ridiculous. If you follow Pokemon, you'd be like a Woobat. What? That's absurd. Um, but she liked it because Woobat, if you've never seen it, has a heart for a nose. It's got a cute little snout with a heart on it. And when we started dating, she got, she wanted to try Pokemon for the first time to see what my fandom was all about. And uh, Black and White was the one she started playing. And Woobat was the Pokemon she fell in love with. So she had this Woobat plushie that she lost in the move. And I found it. And I, like, attached the ring. After the scavenger hunt, I attached the ring to the Woobat. And so when I gave her the Woobat, she was like, oh, you found my Woobat. And then, I, and then she saw the ring underneath. And uh, she was like, oh, what is <laughs> She's like, oh, what is this? And um, it had some cheesy message in it, like, Woo, you marry me, or something like that, and um, it was it was pretty amazingly cheesy, but great, and uh, so that's it. I'm on the road to being a married man again. So there you go. Woo! I I will oh, say the woo too loud. Woo woo yeah woo. <laughs> um, Josh, you had a pretty cool. What did you do for your proposal, Josh? You like it was like a waterfall story, right? Yeah, yeah. We had a when we were in college. There was a uh, um. I don't know if it was a state park. I think it was state. I don't think it was federal. Uh, but uh-huh. state park near where we were going to college that had a uh, a waterfall at it that uh, um, you could actually climb down from the top of the waterfall in order to get uh-huh. behind the waterfall if you are insane, uh, like both myself and my wife. Um, okay, that's a good start is, to relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so we... Made our way down there, climbed back back behind the waterfall, and we're looking out there. And I proposed, and because we were behind a water fountain, it was so loud that I had no idea what she said. <laughs> <laughs> I hope it was yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, if she was crying, it was probably a good sign that mm-hmm. it was a yes. Um, <laughs> Funny part crying. being, like I'm already engaged to someone else. <laughs> Until. <laughs> Until you got out from behind the waterfall, she had no idea what you said. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> he just held this ring up at me, and he had this weird look in his face. I, I thought know. you said you found it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think of this? It's like, well, take it you to know, the office. That's what she said. She, take it to the office. That's <laughs> uh, it's funny because I never really delved into those stories with you guys, and I was kind of bummed out about that. Whenever I realized that when I was planning my proposal. Um, because you guys are some of my best friends. Fish, I don't think I've ever asked you either. How? What was your proposal story like with your with your wife? Um, it actually never happened. I never proposed to my wife. 
You just woke up one day and you were married? That's a cool fucking twist of fate. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) Kind of is, yeah. He had a free Um, afternoon. (laughs) (laughs) uh, Pretty much. I mean, we got married at the uh, courthouse, but... um, And I think it it was just me, my wife, her dad, and my six-month-old daughter. Well, that's the marriage. But, I mean, like, what about... What was the, like, the moment you decided to get married i guess do you remember that um uh my wife actually just set a date and i was like okay let's get married i i never oh, actually so proposed to her oh um, but wow that is, that is the most fish story fish i've ever right heard that is so fish yeah. oh just God, tell me a... when to show up <laughs> <laughs> yes not yeah, even that but fish. just we're getting married Hey, Fish, by the way, I penciled us in to get married next month. Okay, good. Bye. You're like, Can you just give me the day? I think I need to call out of work. <laughs> God, that explains so much. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Seven years later, though, um, I do regret not having that moment of, you know, proposing to my wife because I, I feel like she did miss out on something. It's not too late special. if you divorce her. Oh. <laughs> okay. Rich is ahead of the game there. Okay. Divorce her. Do it again. Hmm. She'll, She'll be, be crushed for like a day. Or just renew your vows. <laughs> just renew your vows. I feel like that's much cheaper. I think my way's better. <laughs> it involves more lawyers and therefore is better. <laughs> more lawyers. There, there will be how that most freedom, things are measured. You know? I will be a single man. Well, I was curious because I know you're very anxious, Fish, and as far as like, you know, social or anxiety sometimes, and like proposing is a little bit nerve wracking. Um, oh, yeah. So I was yeah, just. It is. That's why you that never did it. Them. <laughs> exactly exactly like <laughs> honestly i did think about it and i was like oh where where should be the right place to do it and like i thought about like our first place that we really uh spent a lot of time and got to know each other and it was like the um it, it's um uh, it's a flower or the gardens here in fort worth and it's, mm-hmm. it just has a bunch of like flowers roses all they sorts pretty, of stuff yeah. ponds and stuff like that and um i that was a place where I thought I would end up proposing her to, but um, yeah, it uh, it never happened. That is so I, strange. I just kept procrastinating I'm... and. Until, <laughs> oh, until... fish would never procrastinate. That's not a fish thing. I think I have the perfect proposal. I think I would take her to Home Depot and be like, you know, you always give me wood. Oh so <laughs> here in this here in this wood aisle. Reminds me of our relationship, <laughs> and like you get down on your knees for my wood. I want to get down on my knees. I'm gonna step you up a notch. You show up to right. the Home Depot in a gi. The mm. ring is inside a two by four. Okay. You karate chop it open. Mm-hmm. Oh. Ring falls out. <laughs> There's karate involved. Wow. Damn, that's impressive. There's karate involved. Count There's me. No way in. she'll say no then. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, well, Shay, I think I That's, think like, she'll be like you really, karate? yeah, <laughs> you really want most proposals to be a veiled threat too. So I mean, that just it works on so many levels. So exactly, <laughs> there's like chains in the wow. aisles at Home Depot. You wrap them around your. We your have wrist. we have bestiality and domestic abuse. I feel like oh, this podcast no. is going par for the course. Yeah, this is this is exactly where we want to be. Um. Okay, well, that's that. I learn more about you guys every day. That's for sure. Um, sometimes more than I'd like to know. What an experience. But you guys know way more about me than you'd ever want to know, so I guess we're even. Uh, I will say this. Um, I knew that 
Yes. My, sometimes my fiance says things that I just know that she's perfect for me because I was so fish quit vaping this week and I was really bummed out about it. It's a hell of a um, sentence. Yeah. No, put those claps <laughs> Thank away. You. Thank put you. Those claps Thank you. Away. I want to live um, that healthy life now. Oh God. Already. How boring. And, and so, yeah, so Fish was like, I'm living a healthy life now. And I'm like, Fish, what about all our vaping podcast jokes? That's like one of my bread and butters here. So I was I was complaining to my girlfriend. I'm like, I can't even make fun of Fish for vaping anymore. It's going to hurt the show. He just plays <laughs> Monster Hunter all day. I'm, I was all depressed. And then she's like, you know what? Look at the positives, Morgan. He can quit vaping, but he can't quit having a micro penis. And I was like, I love you. I fucking love you. You know exactly <laughs> what's up. <laughs> And it's true. I don't think she's seen my penis, but okay. <laughs> she knows. She's, she's, seen she's heard tales. Oh, that no. was that Women was a talk. transference yeah. fish. She 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 meant to say he has a micro penis, but she said fish oh. on accident. Your penis no, is no. basically an urban legend. It's like uh, mine's not micro. It's like she said nano nano. Um, <laughs> but uh, it's it's oh yeah and. Uh, God, I don't want to keep deviating this, but I, I could have believed this. And I saw this today, Rich. I thought of you. I was like, Rich, you got to write an article about that yeah. in, inside. <laughs> the people who make Inside Play Dead are working with that sex uh, doll company. Yeah, I'm going <sighs> to dig a little deeper on that. Uh, I, I shot them an email. Oh, did you? Okay. <laughs> Out of curiosity. So we'll see. I bet they got a lot anywhere. of emails today, I'm guessing. <laughs> Be like, send nope. me, your, send me your, your sex box. That is, I mean, most people think it's just going to be like the material that you make the sex dolls with. They're going to make some sort of like, um, like the blob from inside or something like that. Um, that would make sense. Yeah. I but think weird. it's just going to be the blob from inside, but you can fuck it. Yeah. Well, and, and it's got a bunch of weird little orifices, which is great for people like fish with the mm, micro penis. Let's move on. Let's move on. It's going to be great in the, the micropenis community. Can that be um, the name of this episode? Let's move on. Let's no. No, no. no. <laughs> let's move on. That's what Shay's always, every time we're having fun, Shay's always trying to rein in our fun. He's the got, title of the got... episode's going to be Three Hype Men. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's a good one, too. Uh, Wait, was um, that joke made on in the recording? No, it wasn't, Shay. Sorry. But we can name it after anything we want, but yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't. Um, but yeah, so the topic of the show today is to deviate from sex dolls and micro penises to something pretty heavy is kind of an awkward transition, but you know, as trying to have the more thought provoking topics that we have around here, we've been kind of marinating on this one for a couple weeks and it's the idea of separating the art from the artist. Um, and it was sort of inspired by some of the controversy that the creative director of Kingdom Come was involved in and David Cage uh, working for Quantic Dream and some of the, the and it could be really in any industry. Uh, Louis C.K. was involved in some really nasty stuff that he did. And like we started thinking about like how we each deal with creators that we that we really respect or admire or even ones that we don't but they just make things that we really enjoy once we are aware of things that they've done that we disagree with or we find gross or annoying or what have you does that affect how we enjoy their art or how we separate that separating the art from the artist and it's probably kind of broad so i'm sure you guys will all take this in different directions and fish i'm sorry fish sorry fish i'm not throwing it to you first i like uh rich you are the guest of honor today, so I thought I would throw it to you first. Like when you thought about this topic or the idea of separating the art from the artist, 
Um, how do you approach it? Uh, see, it's an interesting one for me because it's something I honestly have a hard time with. Mm-hmm. Um, for example, for something like Kingdom Come, I kind of plugged away and I kind of stayed away from that side of the news on it. And plus, for me, part of it is it's I need to look at this stuff. I'm doing my job. Yeah. But when I look at something like, say, you brought up Louis C.K., that's something I've had a hard time with. He's one of my favorite comedians ever mm-hmm. for a long time. But, yeah. like, I haven't watched his stand-up or anything really since then, because I kind of have a hard time putting a mental block there, especially for something so personal, uh, like stand-up comedy, is I don't, I don't see how you can separate that, because I just have this now, this new outlook on this person, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good example. That's one I brought up, because I know we're all huge Louis Ski. He's my favorite comedian. And I found that out, and I can't even... I see his YouTube clips pop up now on my TV, and I'm like, I can't watch this anymore. Because, like you said, it's uh, it's too much of a reflection of his um, personality comes out in the art that he makes. So, yeah, it's, it's yeah, that's really that's really tough. Like I said, I think um, stand-up comedy is the tough... Is a particularly tough one because of how hmm. intimate of a, a thing that is. Yeah. yeah, yeah. How personal that is. No, and I mean, I, I struggle with that too as well, Rich. I mean, like the the biggest thing that I thought was interesting about this topic when I actually sat down to think about it, because it had crossed my mind from time to time, like it did with you when you see like Louis C.K. stuff, is that I never sat down and actually thought about how much it matters to me or if it even does at all. And I think I came to the conclusion that for the most part, it doesn't. I will always make excuses for... If the, you want it bad enough, I think. Yes. Yeah. Or I will try to turn a blind eye. Or um, I will always try to separate art from the artist. And in many cases, they're teams, like huge teams of people that make things. So just because one person's in the spotlight doing horrendous shit shouldn't be a reflection on everyone involved in making that product, right? Um, But the biggest thing to me is how much of their own personality comes out reflected in that work. And like you said, with comedy, it's trickier because a lot of it comes out. But with video games, not not quite so much. and but that's the interesting thing with something like the the David Cage situation and the the stuff that studio is going to, and then you're seeing some interesting themes that are going through um, Detroit that's coming out, and people are kind of dissecting that. I think more critically than even they normally would have. Um, but for me, it's just how much of that artist's personality is reflected in their creation, and that is a big a big part of it. Otherwise, I try to split it and separate the two because I'm when if I'm being honest with myself, I'm just going to make excuses. What about you, Shay? I mean, how how did you approach this? It's yeah, it's a very very extensive and difficult situation you know I've, mm-hmm. I've i was trying to think this past week of all the different scenarios really that that plays a factor for me um one of the first scenarios i thought of was uh the band lost profits um they were oh, such a yeah. huge band back um, <laughs> I remember that. during dur- during my oh, high school years yeah. and then um when when it came out that the lead singer was had you know with his girlfriend uh sexually assaulted multiple minors and recorded that i mean the band the band had to break up because the lead is the lead singer he was the voice he was the guy who had been there from the beginning and that is such a scourge on that band like that 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 mark is forever there and they have a new band but 
I don't, I can't remember the name of their new band and none of you have ever heard of them. That's the sad part. That's what, that's, that's, and that's the level of what happens. Or you look at something like another band, like as I lay dying, where the lead singer tried to hire a hitman to kill his wife because, or his estranged wife, because they were having marital issues and custody issues. And then that band broke up and they went to form a new band, but it just, it just, didn't work out so you have those scenarios and it's like exactly what you guys are saying it's all dependent on the 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 situation of the band like who or not the band but the situation of who who is who's making the product if it's if it's a collective sometimes they can bounce back um like you guys are saying with with games it's a it's a collective effort so in theory, yeah, we would team, like yeah. to think, you know, yeah, they can recover. But you look at something smaller, like an indie developer. Um, uh, the creator of Fez is one example that comes to my mind where he just sat there after he made Fez and just shit on gamers for a year plus straight. And then he just canceled his game and then um, his sequel, Fez 2, and then just booked it. It's like... Well, he's never like even if he came back to the industry, he might have some supporters, but not nearly as many. And Hardly anyone's going to want to work with him, right? Yeah. Exactly. It's it, that's exactly it. Which, so, but but that doesn't make Fez a lesser product, which is the tough thing. No, there, no, right? no. And the thing I think that that distinctly makes it harder to do, and here's the thing that maybe makes it easier for games to a degree, for people like us who are like plugged in and pay attention to games and follow games or cover games. We know every gritty detail of these stories. Yeah. But for every one of us, there's 10 people that are just going to go play that game and they don't know anything about the development team and the people that worked on it. Yeah. And yeah. they don't care. Yeah. Well, and doesn't that make it interesting, though, with, and I'm going to throw it to you in a second, Fish. Sorry, I'm going to jump in, but. I was thinking about how we live in the social media age now, and it's so much easier to discover things that you don't want to know. And I. I'm not using that as an excuse, but when I grew up playing games or watching movies or whatever, there was almost nothing out there. You know what I mean? So it was like everyone was probably doing fucked up shit or had horrible shit to say, but they didn't have a platform to you know spread it all over my face. Um, Absolutely. You look at someone like uh, Michael Jordan. You look yeah. at Michael Jordan, who he was so heralded during his time, and it's been recently in the past five, ten years, come out as social media has become more prominent just how kind of a shitty person he was where he was very philanderous and he had a really bad gambling problem. Gambling. Yep. Um, yeah. Yeah. That yeah, shit comes was, out. Yeah. Yeah. He was, he was fortunate from the, the different eras and it's interesting fish. What about you? Like when you thought about this, well, they know you've been mulling around your head mm-hmm. for a couple weeks now. Now that you're, you're vape free. Um, you don't have the vape brains anymore. Your clarity yeah. is no more exactly. dope ass clouds. I have clarity now. Um, I see through all the, all the dope ass clouds. <laughs> Um, no, Shay brought up that, um, one example of the lost prophets. Um, mm-hmm. that, that one, that one was, that was probably the first time, like I came, that band I've loved ever since like their first album. Um, and, uh, they've, they've been a special artist to me. And one day I, I think I was just, uh, I think I, sent you a voice message morgan where i was like singing along to like one of their um uh one of their songs and Mm -hmm. um you you stopped me you were like oh 
it's a shame what happened to them. I was like, oh, uh, what? And like, that's got to be rough for the person having to break that to somebody else who's a fan of the of that artist, you know, of what happened. And he broke the news and told me what happened with the band. I was like, oh, God. And from that very second, I was like, man, I feel like total shit listening to this music. And the the lyrics immediately like changed over and into this like very dark thing because like immediately my head started going through the lyrics i'm like man this this is pretty fucked up and i didn't want to listen to the artist but um it it, like going back to the question of wanting to separate the artist from uh, the actual content i still think their music is great like their first album is one of my favorite albums that came out in that era Mm. yeah but it there is a that bit of you know it, it does feel a bit tainted now um even going back to it because you know that main singer was even though he wasn't accused of it back then it's it still leaves kind of a dirty taste uh i guess um it, it's, it's hard it's, to t- completely separate it right like even if you don't yeah. want to think about it every time it's like word you association. yeah it's like word association every time i say yeah. the word vape i think of fish Every time I think of the word disappointing, I think of my sexual performance. Every time I say lost profits, I think about that horrible thing. It's like a fucked up word association yeah. game, right? So, yeah. Yeah. What, yeah, it, and it, what Fish is saying, I've tried listening them. to the band. Yeah. And you can't, you just can't do it. You know, like when I, whenever I've tried listening to that band, I just, I cannot dissociate. And like they had some of my, and they're just one of many examples. Like yeah. I, I don't want us to get hung up on mm-hmm. that, but yeah. Yeah. Just like, I've tried listening to that band or I've tried listening to bands that or like any artist really that has had this kind of scenario and it's just I can't do it. Yeah. So games are almost a little bit easier because unless they're reflecting their ideals of their creator blatantly, it's a team of people that are making it. So it's not just one person usually. And unless it's like we are seeing more and more like one or two person teams now. But um you don't generally see like someone pushing an ideal on you or something like that as often. Um, so that's, that's what makes video games. I think kind of like there's, I was thinking about there's, I can't think of anything Sean Murray could do that would make me not want to play no man's sky. Cause that's what like if he told of- you <laughs> that no man's sky was going to be this amazing expansive world <laughs> and everything you, you were going to be discovering new alien species and new worlds and that it wasn't going to completely fucking suck. What if he told you that? <laughs> I, that, that's a good joke. I was gonna go there, but I'm one of the few people that love that game, and I will die on that sword. Hey, that game's I'm, fine for I'm what not. it is. It, it, Enough it was, with uh, the die on the sword. Goddamn. No, no, it's it's the running joke of the show. Shay, die on the sword. That's the name of the podcast. Um, but uh, like I I don't know what he could do that would make me not want to return to that game like once a year. I do it like annually or or whatever game it might be. Like Donkey Kong Country is like one of my favorite games. We're going to talk about later. What if I found out that the guy who directed that game did something horrible? Like like I, I feel like I already have so many memories in these games. I'm just like I'm, I don't want to. Grandfathered into Donkey Kong Country. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. It's like there's this whole. I, I always want to try and keep those two separate. Um, but if someone tells you or you find out about it, sometimes the brain doesn't let you. It just doesn't let you. And that's the fucked up thing that I've been finding out. A um, couple of comments I want to slip in here before we continue to talk about this from the community uh, regarding this topic. So thank you for everyone who took a moment to, to leave a comment for the show. Um, Jay Groner 94 said, 
See, I can still watch stuff from actors that have been accused of heinous acts like Kevin Spacey and Danny Masterson. I don't agree with what they have done, but I do believe someone can turn around and learn from their mistakes and to become a better person. I hope everyone that has been accused of these said acts will learn their lessons, but that doesn't mean I won't stop watching shows like House of Cards or that 70s show. So that's interesting. His, his philosophy is I'm going to separate the two, and I believe people can change. I believe that people can can change for the better, so why should I just banish them for eternity, which is interesting. Yeah, I don't. I, I mean, I respectfully understand, I understand what he's saying for the first part um, about being able to watch like a TV show where one person did something like I'm not going to stop ever watching like Parks and Rec because Louis CK was a guest in two episodes. I mean, that there are a bunch of other actors, there are a bunch of other people in that. So I would never stop doing something like that. Same yeah, with yeah. that 70s show. But to, and I understand giving people a second chance and giving people the benefit of the doubt. But in the case of something like uh, Danny Masterson, who has been accused of four or five, I don't know if the number has increased or whatever. It was five, I believe, the last time I checked. It's um, enough to make it go. Uh... <laughs> you didn't learn the first four times? Or, you know, with like the Lost Prophet singer or um, Harvey Weinstein, Kevin Spacey, like th- those situations where there are many accounts and many, I'm going to say more than two. Honestly, I'm going to say many is more than one. To be honest with you, yeah, that's um, and one should be there's, enough in there's, most cases. Yeah, no one one is too much. To be yeah, honest that's with that's you. what I'm that's, saying. That's, like, yeah, and like like we're saying, and like this person is saying, people make mistakes. You know, um, in the case of like Aziz Ansari, where he, you know, that that that's such a questionable one, and I'm not going to take a side on that because obviously I wasn't there. I don't know the whole thing. That was a one-time possible thing, and that can be considered a mistake. Sure. We can discuss that. That can be debatable between parties. Mm -hmm. But the case of where someone has done it more than once, I I don't consider that a mistake. Um, But what, like, and this is totally kind of off topic, but like, what do we do from there? I mean, first off, do we, um, do we, how do we address that situation? Is it a mental illness or is it someone just kind of predispositioned to be, do these kind of heinous acts. And that's something that we probably shouldn't discuss because that opens a whole different aspect of thinking about this topic. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, but it just... Can of worms. Yeah, exactly. But, I mean, for me personally, it's... Like like in the case of Louis A.K., like you guys are saying, I can't watch a stand-up anymore because he he is the one who directed it, he's the one who wrote it, he's the one who performed it. I can't do it anymore. Um... uh, like with lead singers and bands, it sucks for the rest of the band. I know because I am a drummer, and if like I was in a band and a lead singer did something like that, I would be absolutely pissed. Especially if you were reaching those peak levels, you were, you know, you were making a decent amount of money for being a band. Like especially like the As I Lay Dying situation, that band was really starting to make, gain traction, and they were making money and they were doing world tours. And then for the lead singer to do that, just not only uprooted the band's lives, obviously, um, I mean, that fucks them over, but obviously the family and the children, the, the wife and the children who had to deal with that. And it, just like shit like that, like it's, it's incredible. And you think, and you think back to, and this is kind of, I think where the situation originated is the whole Gamergate situation. I, I honestly, and I'm going to be, I'm going to be 
completely transparent about this. I didn't know much about Gamergate until the past two weeks because during that time I was going to college, I wasn't really paying attention to what was going on with uh, gaming media and gaming uh, culture, whatever you want to call it. Um, and just to read about everything that happened was insane. And it's not just the people who supported Gamergate. It was people who were against Gamergate, too. Because reading about it, there were death threats from both sides. And there were people doxing each other. Like, that's insane. To, because you are for or against feminism or equality in a game to basically put someone's address and phone number and that, that uproots their lives. And it just, it's crazy. It's such an extensive and difficult subject to talk about because it, it really can fuck with people's lives and their livelihood. Like there, there are some people that will never be able to reach those peak levels again. And the, the families are the people that are affected by it. It's just insane. Yeah. What, how do you feel about that, Rich? I mean, you're pretty into the um, connected with the industry, probably even more so than most people I know. I mean, how did you feel about that whole... I mean, if you're as much as you're comfortable talking about it, I mean, how did you feel about the whole Gamergate situation? Uh, God, that's a, that's a can of worms. Uh, yeah, like dude, it's very difficult topic. to talk about. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's, yeah, just simply it, like... It's difficult to even talk about now, like, exactly. And it, all of this was going on before I was really, like, making contacts in the industry. But yeah. like Shay said, just like looking back on it, it it, it was a mess of a time, and you yeah. could dig into every grimy detail of people just doing shitty, shitty things. And I, uh, I am glad that it doesn't come up that much even, anymore. I'm glad it's that hard it's, to believe it it's was hard that to talk bad. About. Looking it's, looking back at it's where hard we are to talk now. about. Yeah, it's sorry to interrupt. It's hard to talk about now because of the fact that I personally. And granted, we, we're not the biggest podcast in the world, but I'm afraid to say too much because I don't want to get doxxed. I don't want my family to be at risk because I have an opinion. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's fucked up. Whatever way you look at it. Yeah, it's 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 tough. A couple more um good comments. And that's why, really, with this topic in general, we wanted to just... It was more about the idea of how you deal when you find something about a creator that makes something you love, how do you deal with that relationship to the, their art that right. they make at that point? Um, but uh, right. a couple, couple other quick, good comments we had here, dark Knight uh, cacophony, one of my favorite names. He comments sometimes, I believe so. Yes. I think cacophony. at times cacophony, God damn it. Um, I think at times it can indeed get harder to do so. Uh, like mentioned in this day and age of social media, which I was talking about earlier, you slip up and say something regarding even liking a song from someone who is known for something disruptive. You become a target. Even now, um, if people say, wow, I really wish that show had not been canceled, yet if an actor or actress responsible for something foul comes out, it becomes the problem. No longer is liking um, it the problem, but because people wish to toss out the torches and begin bold protests before the facts are even laid out. So that's, that's a tough thing I think he's getting tonight. I'm sorry, I kind of blundered through the middle of that comment, but what he's saying is that sometimes people can all rush quickly to the um, nailing of the person to the cross before all the facts are laid out. And that is another interesting thing to add to this topic is when you find something out about someone who makes something you love, you know, are you going to take the time to gather the facts? Are you going to swarm along with social media and just take in people, things people say, um, mm -hmm. it, which adds another interesting 
uh, layer to the situation. Um, yeah, and, yeah, it's to me. Go ahead. Sorry, I didn't. I thought you were done. Sorry. Go ahead. No, you're fine. I I was just trying to see if there's anything else in the comment that I really wanted to to mention. He said people tend to lately revolve around the idea of good inc- of a good incrimination without truly taking the time to read and examine. Now Shay's always careful about that. He's always like double checking and triple checking facts and stuff, um, which I think is good. And that's something I did, especially if it's someone like when the Louis C.K. thing came out, I was like digging hard. I was like, no, no, don't. I don't want this to be true. He's my it's favorite. Looking king. for a reason to turn the other cheek. Yeah. And not because I, I will like want to make excuse for something disgusting he did toward those women. It was like, I was just hoping that it wasn't true because I knew as soon as I found out it was true, I wasn't going to ruin it for you. Yeah, yeah. 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 And that sucks. And that it's, it's a weird sort of rationale to come to. Um, just because you enjoyed their stuff in the past. Go ahead, Shay. Did you want to add to that real quick? Yeah, I don't remember what I was going to say. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's, it's okay. I got, I got lots of good stuff. A couple more good comments. I promised people I'd read a couple of their stuff. Um, uh, Pure.incandescent says, Definitely Tarantino for me. His body of work with Jackie Brown to Death Proof have been my absolute favorite films, but seeing all the stuff he said about Polanski and what he did to Thurman has me torn. So torn... He's not completely done. So there, it seems like people definitely, and this is not a place of judgment. This is just sounds like people draw their own lines with, with what they're doing. Which makes sense. Yeah. It's, you have to be your own, you have to make that call for yourself. Well, yeah, because at the end of the day, let's say no one's in your room watching you when you're watching something else or enjoying something else, right? That's, that's your personal relationship. A lot of that gets passed over here is that, a lot of times that's your relationship with the art and you might be enjoying it in private, reading that book in private, watching the movie in private. No one else may ever know. It's sort of like your own conscience. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's whether you feel comfortable with sitting there and enjoying that. And a lot of times, like I said, it's the Louis C.K. one was one that I think works really well because of how intimate of a thing stand up comedy is. So it kind yeah. of is a little bit harder to just like sit and listen to the thoughts of someone you no longer can look at with respect. If you get what I'm saying. Yeah. Because before it was like, yeah. Oh, this is funny depravity. And like, Oh, now this came from a source of depravity that crossed the line. It just changes the context. Um, yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Uh, our friend dead was commented, said with games, it's more like a product made by a team of artists. So if one, um, of the team says or does something horrid. It doesn't hit me as hard compared to an actor or comedian like Louis C.K., for example. I can't take him serious anymore. Which is, we, a lot of these, I've, I've noticed the recur- reoccurring theme that I think we can all agree that if it's a team of people, we will generally not hold the whole team responsible. Um, and Louis C.K. and comedians come up over and over, like you said, because it's a very personal uh, sort of thing. Um, so I'm trying to see if anybody else has a slightly different take on here before we maybe get some closing thoughts and we can move on. Uh, here's a really lengthy one from Desert Ocelot, so I'll try and be as uh, concise as I can. Desert, Desert Ocelot says, I'm fine with playing any game from any developer despite their stances on politics. The Hat in Time developers said some insensitive stuff, but I still found the game to be adorable. On the other side, Phil Fish can be rather insufferable, but Fez and his new VR game look great. When games are made solely for a political reason, that's where I find a problem. With games like, H- um, with games like Hatred lacking any real substance, and when it's so glaringly obvious the game is just a tool to convey their transparent political message, it ceases to be a game when the same message can be portrayed in a single angry tweet. 
I'm all for games being political as long as it doesn't affect the quality. Papers, Please is a good example, as well as Manhunt, doing more for pushing the boundaries of censorship, way better than a mediocre game like Hatred um, ever could. So, very lengthy comment from Desert Ocelot, so I wanted to, uh, to read that one. Um, and This is the last one I'll read, and then I'll give you some closing thoughts from you guys. And we can move on. Frederick Johnson said, For me, it's not black and white. If I don't like the artist, creator's values, actions, they're going to have a harder time piquing my interest with their work. So I'm judging it case by case. And I think for me, that's my closing thought is it's we're all going to take these case by case. And it's just how much of that artist's work is reflected in what they're making. But I'm always going to try to separate um, the creation from the creator if I can. Um, what about you guys? Do you guys yeah. have any closing thoughts on this? I think that's that last one you read was probably the best statement out of those respectfully. Uh, and I think everyone else for su submitting personally, but I, th I think the, the most disparaging thing about anything that happens in this realm is that is when people don't make up their minds for themselves, um, letting other people's morality and other people's decision making skills dictate how they feel about a situation because yeah. you, you should be strong enough in your own values and your own beliefs to have your own opinion regarding these matters. Um, yes. Because I feel a certain way doesn't mean that someone else should feel a certain way because I have my own set of values and there doesn't make them right or wrong. That's just the way it is for me. And that's the way it always yeah. will be. And I think with other people, that should be the case. You should make up your own mind regarding these matters. And mm -hmm. it, it, it's, dif it's difficult because if you, if you feel like a certain way, like one of the people said that they can still watch Louis C.K. or they can watch Danny Masterson, you know, you might have a whole herd of other people saying, how can you do that? Well, how can you judge a person? Yeah. Based off of that. It's, and, and it's, it's hard because like they're, People were raped. People said and did some really shitty things. And it's such a polarizing issue. But at the end of the day, you should still have your own opinion regarding it, whether it goes against the grain or not. And realistically, at the end of the day, I feel people should have their own morality system defined, of course, with their experiences and their thought process. And uh, I don't know. That's, yeah, I think I think yeah, that's a good. That's a good. Yeah. What, what about you, Rich? You got any closing thoughts? Uh, I think for the most part, Shay kind of hit the nail on the head with it there. But it's it, it's about as simple as that. You can't. This issue is a big issue, and you can't just look at it as this lump sum black and white issue. I think you need to look at it case by case and decide what you're comfortable with, where and when you can and can't separate it, and what another person's values a creator's values mean to you as someone enjoying something they've created yes yeah does your enjoyment cease your moral conflict yeah um fish closing thoughts um yeah i agree with you guys mostly on how we should kind of approach this uh going forward especially with you know how quickly knowledge is brought out to the masses and how quickly people can find out about, you know, these uh, ongoing investigations and accusations of what these people have done. Um, uh, but 
there's a part of me that thinks, you know what, that that art should still go on. But like, I got this notion of thinking, like, man, back it back in like Nazi Germany, uh, the soldiers used to go and actually burn books, um, and uh, deface, uh, you know, uh, uh, statues and pieces of art like that. And I got to thinking, man. Uh, what if like us as a society started doing that to these artists where everybody does it doesn't it, it they come to a consensus pretty much that what they've done is wrong um and what and essentially mm. all the work that they've done is um kind of what is uh i guess a it's what they I yeah they're like destroying the art they're destroying what people were creating yeah interesting mm -hmm. interesting yeah. yeah and yeah and I'm I'm just curious like how far we could take that but I think you guys kind of found the the middle ground there where each person has to take it um to their own morality um even though I feel like morality kind of um, it's subjective it, yeah it's subjective and it's also kind of created around like not just one person, but you kind of have to get a feel for um, what your friends feel towards it as well. Um, and it, it could be swayed by them as well. Yeah, because you might be um, worried that someone judges you. Like, oh, if I told Fish I right, still watch Louis right. C.K., he might think less of me as a person, you know? I, I, I think exactly, the yes. other thing you're saying, Fish, which is important too, is mm -hmm. the idea of you, you can take it too far in one direction. You might not agree with a person's views, and maybe this is a little different than people who have done something that society would deem, like, vastly wrong. Yeah. It's almost no one's place to say something, sh someone's art shouldn't exist. Like censorship. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah, yeah. It, it's censorship at that point. It's a matter of saying mm -hmm. whether it's something you feel comfortable enjoying and yeah there are gray areas with that but we're talking very base here i think yeah yeah, yeah. you can speak with it, your it wallet you can speak with i guess your your opinion and your different platforms but to to say it shouldn't be allowed to be created is too much mm -hmm. yeah mm -hmm. yeah i think that's definitely where we have to draw the line i mean these people who still want to continue to create art i mean they can but, but, but how successful they are and how mainstream they could get with it well um, that's what happens though fish on on to mm -hmm. your point and rich's point what people let's just take louis ck for example what people are trying to do is burn him to the ground so he cannot make anything else you know what i mean like you we can't go back and watch his stuff for our own personal reasons right stuff he's already made we've already talked about that but he can't even make anything new. He could, but they're making an environment for him that's basically impossible. They're they're burning him down. Every like piece of his bridge has been shredded. Well, well the matter of that is honestly, society needs to speak on that. He needs to go out and do his thing and make something. And how people feel about him will reflect how that does and his ability to make something after that. Because if yes. he's burnt enough bridges to say he goes out and makes something and no one wants it. There isn't an audience for it anymore because of what he's done. Then yeah. maybe it's time to stop. But yeah, I like to think that these people can change and that they could change for the better. And I would like to see that. I mean, Lucy K was indeed one of my favorite stand-up comedians. And it, it's such a shame that I can't look at his content that he has um, now that, 
without looking at it and just think shaking my head, you know, and not agreeing with all that stuff and just feeling a uh, overall feeling of disgust if I enjoyed any of that a- anymore. Yeah. Um, but going forward, like Rich is saying, like, yeah, he, he should probably come out with, with like a, a apology. Um, here he, saying he should. Yeah. Well, he, he well, has yeah. done that. Yeah. But I, I mean, like something a little bit like, if he was to make something else like in his next stand up um if he wanted to um he should definitely have something in the beginning of there where he, it shows that he's very apologetic um um before he goes on yeah with, confront you know, the issue head on CK's. yeah 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 it's the best way to yeah. to deal with stuff like that yeah. yeah yeah and 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 from there let the people decide whether or not to mm-hmm. accept that or not and but, yeah, we're all we're yeah. all usually alone in our our living rooms, maybe watching our TV shows and our movies and our games, and we're making those decisions even when no one's around us. We're we're making because of our personal um, those personal decisions that we we're making, and that's why Shay was talking about and Rich talking about our own personal moral compass and our own decisions, and that's why I like this to be a non-judgment yeah. zone. Like this, we're not judging any of our commenters or anybody else. Mm-hmm. This is just uh, yeah. yeah discussion for the sake of. Uh, like enjoying how complex enjoying might not be the right word but it's fascinating when you look at how complex these sort of scenarios are and yet as people with a podcast we enjoy art we analyze art we dissect art it's right in our wheelhouse so yep yep i i guess for me as a final note i would i would like to say um and this isn't reflective of any of these other guys I really don't have any sympathy for people like Louis C.K. or Danny Masterson or lead mm-hmm. singer for Lost Prophets Ian Wel- Welch or Welch is his name. I can't remember. Or his last name. I can't remember I think, his last name. Um, yeah, that was a, like that, whatever. Who can remember? It was a long time ago. <laughs> yeah. I don't have any sympathy for those those scenarios. It's like there were victims and there were a lot of victims and the families will have to live with that for the rest of their lives. I don't have sympathy for any of those people. Yeah, yeah. What I do have sympathy for is obviously the people affected by that, but also the people who identified so much with the, the art that was presented and it's forever tainted. And it and feel almost in a way to a degree. Yeah. And it almost in a way ruins our kind of perspective on art in general. Sometimes it's like we have these heroes that create these brilliant, for lack of a better word, even though I hate this word, masterpiece. And we have to we have to look at it as such like, oh, there's this brilliant piece of art. Why was it created? And that's that's I guess that brings us back to full circle. At the end of the day, even if these people did this shitty thing, can we accept the art away from the artist? And uh Yeah. Yeah, perfect perfect a- closing comments of what you're sh- saying, Shay. Um, the phonometrician says, wow, yeah, it's a tough one. Something me and my friends have been discussing over the past few months, and we still don't know. I still don't know what to make of that. For a lot of people, they're just, it's so, it's such a complex issue that they, they don't know. They're, and I think it's okay to throw up your hands and say, I don't know. That's okay. That yeah. is an okay option. It's not an easy issue yeah. to talk about, so. No. No. Yeah, I think it's perfectly okay to do that um thank you everyone for chiming in on that it's been a lot of fun i also wanted to say josh had to bail on the show we love you josh he had some personal issues to attend to but he will be back next week i'm sure to recant us with into the breach but we will still i know a couple of us have been playing that as well so um 
We hope Josh gets feels better. Uh, and as we transition here, I will. I want to talk about this first because I want to bring Fish in a little bit more. I know he was a little quieter at the beginning of the last discussion, and he really wants to talk about Monster Hunter World with you, Rich. And I'm not oh, happy yeah. about it. I'll oh, tell you yeah. that. <laughs> I'm not happy. Oh, um, we're going to talk yes. about Monster Hunter. <laughs> so I figured I'd give him a little yeah. time, even though we have talked about this before. Okay. So here's the dilemma that we're facing, Rich. Fish won't stop playing that goddamn game. He won't and stop playing it. And why should he? And it's, calling, it's causing problems. Fish, keep playing Monster Hunter World for me. I can't. I have too many other things to do. I, I have reviews that need to get done, and I, they, I can't keep playing Monster Hunter, so somebody has no. to. You're not writing a review on Moss, are you? But you're playing that? No, I, I'm, write, I'm writing reviews on other things, yeah. which are keeping me from playing Monster Hunter. Oh. Um... What about like Moss though? You're playing Moss in VR. I I am playing Moss in VR. I'm finding I'm I'm still not done, uh, because I am working on a rather large review at the moment that's kind of monopolizing. Okay. Some time. What is it? Uh, is but, it top secret? Can you tell us what the review is? Uh, I could talk about it. It's uh, it's Vermintide Two. Okay. Uh, the Warhammer joint. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Gotcha, gotcha. Mm -hmm. Not Warhammer 40k. Not space. Uh, magic swords deal. Regular Warhammer. Mm -hmm. Who got the Moss review? Who's the lucky fucker that got the review uh, Moss for Destructoid? Our good, good old, uh, you know, EIC uh, Jordan DeVore handled the uh, Moss the review. Editor in chief and he loved it. it. It's one of one of our editor in chief, and he he, uh, he enjoyed. He had a good time with it. Yeah, as well he should have. Anyways, that's for later. But yeah, so uh, Monster Hunter World. Um, I'll save my negativity for the end of this discussion. Played it for uh, like a uh, two or three weeks with Fish. He has been. He actually said this to me today, um, Rich. He said. But Morgan, you gave up on it. It really opens up after about 130 hours. He said that to me. <laughs> That's you know what? We're gonna talk about Monster Hunter. He's right. It really does open up after about 130 yeah. hours. Hang in there, um, everybody. Hang in there. You know what's astonishing? It's amazing the things you haven't seen in the first hundred hours of Monster Hunter. It's amazing what that game still has in store for you. Yeah, it's it's weird. Like I just came across a Kieran and I have 130 hours into the game. I just, just never yeah. came across them. Sometimes they pop up. And and I have actually seen, you know, the the end credits and mm -hmm. everything I've done to Elder Dragons. Well, the and... credits flow and then the real game starts. Yeah. It's like exactly. Destiny, pretty much. And pretty much. Yes. I mean, there, there is that campaign, but um I think Monster Hunter does a better job of actually spacing out what you're doing in that game and the content keeps delivering, whereas I feel like Destiny is a huge mm -hmm. drop off. Yes, yes. Hmm, yeah. Especially for like Destiny Two, where it yeah it drops off big time, uh, mm -hmm. since it it is kind of a clone of the first one. Um, well, uh, but yeah, okay. So it, there are tons and tons of uh, the content. It sounds like. So have you been playing a lot with friends, Rich, or do you play it a lot? Uh, with yeah, people? yeah. I have. Okay. Uh, personal friends of mine that i played a bunch with uh some detoid folks bouncing around for a while uh but there's still plenty of fun to be had in solo like i soloed for yeah first two days just kind of like grinding out monsters but there's nothing quite like just going on an expedition with like a full four-man hunting party and just doing what comes natural which is killing monsters with a big hammer yeah, yeah. Um, well, <laughs> mm -hmm. so, uh, so that's your weapon of choice—the big hammer. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I'm a I'm a hammer man, as mm, the kids say. Okay. I actually switched to the greatsword recently, which is a a weapon of skill. I had to really, you know, get comfortable with it first. But uh, yeah, yeah, I'm I'm digging it. 
Yeah, I, I love how like each weapon just feels totally it different. It changes from the, the game next. so much. Yeah, yeah, it, it changes up your play style. Like the the bat, you it, essentially each and every battle you come across, or each monster you come across is you you tackle it in a much different way mm-hmm. than you would with, uh, say like going from, uh, going from like a lance to a gun lance. You know, like it, mm-hmm. it's it's just very different and. Um, I like that about the game. I it, at first, like my f- initial thoughts on this game, like I thought, man, these these enemies have way too much health. But as you progress through the game, like you learn how to do optimal damage. You know the weak spots on. You the know monsters. what weapon you... wants to aim for where. It's mm-hmm. the thrill of the hunt. Yeah, you got to get more yeah. into trapping. Yeah. You take them alive. You get more materials. Got to got to use your mantles. And there's so many so many systems in this game that it, it could be overwhelming at first, but I think they do a good job of actually it also, like spacing. Yeah, it, tr- it trickles them out at, in a, at a good yeah. enough pace to be like, all right, now right. that you f- fully kind of have your head around this idea, here's something else you could be doing. Mm-hmm. Did, yeah, and what was your? Go ahead, no, sorry, I'll just, what was your relation to past Monster Hunter games, Rich? Did you play any of the other ones? Um, I briefly dabbled in past Monster Hunters. It's something I always really tried to get into. Uh-huh. Um, I even thought about importing, uh, the Switch version <laughs> at one point and trying to dabble through that. And that was right around the time Monster Hunter World got announced. That was the first time I saw footage from that game. And I was like, Switch I'm going to wait. What do you mean Switch version? Um, there's a, there's the, a Japanese the 3DS, the three last oh, 3DS Monster okay. Hunter game was ported to the Nintendo Switch in Japan. Wow, that's weird. And okay. I thought I'll about your boy. I thought about importing that, but <laughs> I mean <laughs> Who's my boy? Who's my boy? Who's my you want? I'm saying if you want it, I'll but, add uh, your boy. Oh yeah, yeah, it's true too. Oh god. Yeah. Now I kinda do. <laughs> it's, it's all in so Japanese. I know, so yeah. I, know. I'll think about it. Um but I mean, the, Monster Hunter is already confusing enough. Does it really matter if you can't now read I kinda it? Now I kind of get it. Now I kind of get it. So what does it matter? Um, yeah, right. Just grab a Anyway, hand. the main, main gist of that is like, from what I understood, what I can tell, and from past attempts where I've bounced off like fairly quickly, this game is still really daunting, but there's so much quality of life stuff and like better crafted tutorials that like, th- this was the Monster Hunter design for Western audiences. And it it's doing a good job mm. of finally getting Monster Hunter to take the West by storm because it's been such a big mm. deal in Japan for so long. Yeah. But why? This I'm fascinated. I, I, here's my theory, Rich. I think it's timing, and I think it's the aesthetic. I think that the hyper super realistic aesthetic, and I think the timing. Oh yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, totally. It's not. I mean, there isn't anything hyper about this game that's super real. Is that what I said? Hyper super hyper real. Hyper super <laughs> real. I mean, hyper I mean, super real. things like that. Drifting. The hyper super real flavor of this writer, tea I describe is things like that all the time. Yeah. yeah the hyper a... super real sound I... of this music is just I let's di- let's dissect that. Photo realistic. It's Photo not realistic. real, but yeah, it's so it's realistic but it's also kind of crazy and yeah, I don't know, fuck that. So, I went crazy on the adjectives there, but the point is um it doesn't seem that much different to me than prior monster game. And and then, I played the I played many of them for a, quite a while, so I'm just I'm fascinated by how well this game is doing. I just think it's a timing thing, you know what I mean? Like, oh, well, timing is definitely a big part of it because now's the time, and they took things that like 
Western audiences relate to more. Like they took that like hub central idea of like the tower Destiny. from Destiny and applied yeah. it to Monster Hunter. Um, that Destiny <laughs> was already stealing from Fantasy Star. Uh, you know, along with its everything, and they yeah 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 they true. they ja- they jazzed it up like in the right ways. What well, I'm saying well, is we should all yeah. be watching the Fantasy Star anime. Well, <laughs> let's slow to slow down there, oh, buddy. Okay. Um, get right on. Did you guys hear about uh, the StarCraft comic that's coming? I did tell. not. No. No one gives a shit. I wish Josh was here because then he would give a shit. <laughs> yeah, Josh, oh, okay. Josh it's, isn't here it's to gonna acknowledge the StarCraft. It's going to be a four-part comic. Um, I can't remember the name of it, but it's, it's based off StarCraft and. Uh, Actually, from what I, what little I've seen, it looks pretty cool. So, just random aside. It's called StarCraft Wait. 3. <laughs> uh, that just really appealed to me, someone who hates comics and hates StarCraft. It's right up my alley. Um, no, I, uh, I, God, I want to <laughs> make a comment, but I'm not going to. Make the comment. Don't make, well, no, don't do it. I'm just kidding. I don't hate I either won't. of those things. They're just not really up. Up my alley. Um, but back to Monster Hunter. Um. So it's fascinating, Rich, because you're you're sucked in, and fish is sucked in, and the whole world is. I saw this disgusting thing about it, it was the best selling Capcom game ever. Ever, was, yeah. Oh, how does that happen? Damn. That's wild. Uh, I don't I know. Mean, I mean, <laughs> it makes sense. Like you said, timing's right. It, timing. Nothing it, else is out <laughs> right now. <laughs> Nothing else is out. That's. I don't know, man. I don't know that. No, eh. We're in a drought. There's, I've been playing a lot. There's a lot of video games to be played. I mean, yeah, but you play the nooks and crannies of the world. Most mainstream people don't. What else are they gonna play? Destiny. Yeah, I mean, well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, like people are hungry for that kind of a game, and Mm -hmm. uh, so the timing is right. But also, I think the look of the game. Monster Hunter's looked cartoonier in the past, in my opinion. It was a uh, vibrant, more colorful. Not not yeah. a look I I don't like. I I like the look of past Monster Hunters, but they went for the photorealism here, and that is a clearly distinct choice because that is what Western audience is like. Yeah, photorealism, Shay. That's what I meant. Not super hyper drifter realism. Yeah, there we go. Uh, hyper light drifter, <laughs> hyper super realistic. Man, now if no, if that game looked like <laughs> hyper light drifter, now I'd be back on board. It'd be yeah. a very different game. <laughs> yes. Hyper hyper light monster hunter. Um, that would be something really special. Monster awesome. Hunter Drift. It's the uh, unofficial Kickstarter project Monster mm-hmm. Hunter racing game I'm working on. Uh, when, link I was link is in the bio. Is what it is. <laughs> yeah, when you kill it, when you kill a monster, you just puke a bunch of blood because you just feel so and then awful about everything. Um, Rathalos has a really high drift skill, but his base speed is like real slow. <laughs> but gr- great acceleration. <laughs> <laughs> All no, of this is going thinking, right you know, over my head. That's okay. I'm talking about Monster Hunter. <laughs> uh, and now, yeah, well, it's funny because Shay's actually in Japan, and now Monster Hunter is huge in America. It's just like everything's reversed. It's don't they strange. just? Do, do, don't you just have like a Monster Hunter pop up restaurant like every other day? Yeah, where's you, the Monster Hunter restaurant? Yeah, man, I just you get. I a, just eat Chimera brains, and you get like meat on a big plastic bone that's a thing that's, <laughs> yeah. that's this, tra- that's not really this translates really well to an audio uh, <laughs> program yeah i know we're all staring at each other at the webcam everyone's like yeah. did you know there's a catherine restaurant in japan i gotta have shay go there i want him to go to the catherine restaurant there's a capcom restaurant that does all sorts of crazy stuff uh they do there like are a, bunch of, a bunch of those 
they do like Resident Evil themed drinks. It's like a red herb, green herb mix. Huh. Oh, that's yeah. Cool. Like they have pop up. That's one of the big things here that I actually didn't know until I got here, and I, I'm sure some of our listeners do know this but i didn't is um they have like pop-up restaurants where they'll exist for a few months at a time and they're basically we get those in new york but not as often as like it's a big thing in japan yeah. from what i understand that makes sense yeah and they just pop up and they're they're random um i would say nerd culture honestly um and i don't mean that in a negative mm-hmm. connotation but like a few months or i think it was last month at a full metal alchemist brotherhood uh cafe restaurant pop-up for like a month and a half but it was in tokyo cool. yeah they just have that shit type of shit pop up all the time so that's neat yeah i, t- yeah. I think rich my two like issues that i was running into with the game that me and fish have argued a lot about are the first one is just i think that the online systems in the game like people are nicely saying it's oh, archaic there's um, no excuse for that that everything is so weird just how you go about forming a hunting party is like the most nonsensical bullshit ever. First, you have to be in that that hunting lodge, which I think is the twelve person lobby, and then you need to post a quest, and they need to accept it. If you're doing a story mission, you have to f- watch the cutscene first, and then fire an SOS flare so they can join. It or or leave the mission altogether, and then they can join your party, and then you go back in together. Yeah, which is another it's, way to do it. It. Yeah. There's no excuse for that. It's a bit That's convoluted. just poor design. Yes, for, especially yes. for a game that I want to spend time uh you know with other people playing. Yeah. There's no excuse for that. I won't try yeah. and make excuses for that. Yeah. Yeah, that, that that's a bad part of that game. Um but I will say playing it solo, like jumping it's into fun. other people's SOS, it's it's very streamlined. It's like it's almost like jumping into a strike in Destiny. Uh, you just click on the strike playlist and you're automatically having fun. And if oh. I didn't enjoy playing yeah. it so much, I wouldn't put up with that sort of stuff. You know, it's right. Well, th- that's the yeah. tricky part for me is it's a game designed around playing with other people, but the way in which they designed to play around other people sucks. And like that's it's, that's it's a pain in the ass, yeah. Yeah, but I mean that's the whole crux of the game for me. I don't really enjoy playing it alone that much. I like playing it with friends. So mm-hmm. like when they're like the online cause is straight out of like two thousand five, right? And I just don't, I just don't, I can't accept that. I can't like there's games have come such a long uh, way. I can overlook it simply because once I'm in there, it is some of the most fun I've had with a game in a lo- like an online multiplayer experience in a long time. But uh, mm-hmm. more fun than that, Destiny? Would you have more fun than Destiny or did Destiny Two? Yeah, yeah, I had, I had some fun. Hmm. No, but yeah, more no, fun. A, I'm comparing. Oh yeah, the t- yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. It's a way better game than Destiny Two. Put that. Up, put that. Wow. Wow. Yeah, I would. I would agree Monster, with Monster Rich. Hunter yeah, World. Something different. Way better game than Destiny Two. Wow. Consult Metacritic. Don't at me. No, I don't. Metacritic can burn in hell for all I care. Um, Take that for data. Shout out to David Fishdale. I'm shocked. <laughs> don't at me. I, I I don't I don't need to go into my all my nitpicky shit because it's not that important. But just for me, as someone who wants to play that game online only and primarily with my friends, I was the nuisance. Every time I'd log on to play with Fish or one of our friends, they'd have to wait on me to go through a, a cutscene, or we'd have to jump back and forth. Or it was, it, it's you say yourself. It's, it's not excusable. <laughs> it's you, I agree with yep. you, Rich. You yep. said it yourself. It's not excusable. No, there's no there's no excuse and for it. It's um 
that entire matchmaking system should be scrapped and revamped from the ground up. And assuming, because I'd say it's a sure thing, another Monster Hunter is going to come out in the West mm-hmm. uh, on big platforms. That's something they need to look at, and it's there's so many easier ways. Matchmaking is not something we need to work on. It's there are easy ways to do it. We've done it a million times before. Yeah. You don't need to go it's back to the drawing already. board with matchmaking. No, that's it's, what I'm saying, Rich. The fact that they got it wrong is yeah, pathetic. No, it, it's, it's pathetic. Shocking. It's too. What's it's twenty fucking eight. <sighs> and Nintendo didn't even make that game. I know. I know. But it's just, for me, it's like, I, everyone's there. You know, you guys love it enough to look past that, and that's fine. Yeah. Um, I those, don't. Those are its biggest faults. 100%. It sounds like if you yeah. get 130 hours in, you know, those faults start to seem a lot less problematic, but I just... Oh, yeah, because opinion. you haven't slept in days, and you can barely... Oh, <laughs> I mean, the gameplay's fine. It's not... It's, mm. it's, yeah, no, the gameplay's exceptional, I agree. It's, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. Bombastic um, fun. I will say this, that the cats are cute. That's the best part of the game is the little cat creatures. Palicos they are, they are a time and a half. Yeah. In the in the 3DS uh incarnation that made its way to Switch in Japan, uh you can choose to play as a palico in multiplayer encounters, which is pretty cool. Huh. If you wanted to be a cat. Yeah. I probably would cuz my human character hmm. looked dumb. Um anyways, maybe you guys can get together play, and play some time and Jerk off a pookie pookie or something. Pookie mm-hmm. pookie. I don't know, whatever those things are called. You gotta get, gotta get that venom out somehow. Yes, you gotta get it's, <laughs> it's only one way that venom's coming out. Um, let me just play. I want our listeners to just use that visual image for a while. It just swirled around in their heads. Um, okay, so we hit our monster on a quota. Thank God. Let's move on to something else. Um, <laughs> Uh, but I know Fish wanted to talk to you about it a lot because everyone here hates Monster it's, Hunter. Yeah. So I mean, they're wrong, uh, respectfully. Well, I, we would be fine with it. It's just Fish has been neglecting all of his other podcastly duties to play Monster Hunter every day. So mm-hmm. honestly, I'm fine with it. It's a good choice. <sighs> yeah, don't, we don't support. It's the this. game to be played yeah. right now. It's taking yeah. the world, taking the West by storm. I'm worried about the West. Uh, moving on, um, as far as the next topic of discussion, I want to talk a little bit with you about Moss, um, which is a game we were pretty excited about discussing. It is the new VR game. I know some people roll their eyes when we talk about VR, but... <laughs> it's hard to t- to not sound like an asshole talking about VR to people that know nothing about it. Oh, and our, us and our special VR headsets. <laughs> um, but, I mean, this is one I did a poll on our Instagram page, and it came back fairly overwhelming in the 60s that people wish they had psvr to play this game like it, it's it looks like it's a would reach a broader audience but people you know that's a price point or they can't get vr yet or what have you yeah it's not yeah it's an expensive piece of hardware and in certain areas it's not an easy piece of hardware to track down yeah but it's doing better i know skyrim helped it sell a little bit more i i get frustrated because a lot of the podcasts i listen to i feel like there's people always ragging on psvr and i just don't i don't agree with it uh, and i feel like it, they're a little bit out of touch but i know it's a it's a touchy thing but anyways this is not time for me to rant on VR. Um, I want to talk about Moss with you. I finished it yeah. last night. Um, uh, I'm not done. Okay. But of what I played, I what a like unique little use of VR. Like it's so different than anything else I've played uh, in that format. Mm-hmm. It it's just for for anyone who doesn't know the the whole perspective of Moss is it's a 3D platformer. You're playing as a little mouse. Uh, what is the mouse's name? I cannot remember. Quill? 
I can't remember. It doesn't matter. Quill. 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 Oh, I didn't hear you say it. Sorry. It's okay. Uh, okay, yeah. So you're playing as Quill. You have a little sword. You fight bugs sometimes. You jump around and do these little 3D platforming areas. But the perspective is almost like, I guess, like a diorama in a sense is a way to put it. Is you are looking down at this like mouse village or like these ancient ruins or whatever. Mm-hmm. And you can kind of like turn your head and look around to see different passageways and find stuff hidden. It's just, you can interact with certain things like open gates for, uh, for Quill. There's, it's really neat. It reminds me of like the strange thing that human beings seem to like, and I don't know why. And that's really tiny things, which works out well for fish and his micro penis. Really but, tiny um, things that <laughs> act like they're humans. Is yes. What we like, or, <laughs> or oh there we go but or like, like fish's penis yes which <laughs> tries to act so human um too human to become human mm-hmm. so it's like imagine okay so like there's this weird psychological thing i noticed when you're in that game it reminds me of being like looking into like um uh, if someone had a very extensive model when i was a kid and i was like sticking my head into it let's say it was like a very elaborate model of a building and I poked my mm-hmm. head inside of it, and I could see all the tiny little chairs somebody carved, and the little windows yeah. and stuff. That's kind of what playing this game feels like, because you're, like, the size of a human, but you're inside yeah. of this little mouse world. And there's just something fascinating about looking into a tiny little world. You know what I mean? I don't know how to explain it other than that, yes, obviously it feels like you're a human inside of a mouse world. It's but intriguing. It's, yeah. Well, that's the main thing. It doesn't feel like... You don't feel out of place. No, like you, no. you feel like you're just sitting down somewhere, just looking out. in on this little mouse village in the forest, and yeah. the little mice are looking up at you. You're like, "What's up, dude?" And like, let's go do some some hero stuff. Well, that's the, one of the cooler things about the game that VR has not done in a lot of other cases that I've noticed, and I could be wrong. So if I am, you feel free to correct me. But your interactions with the mouse are they're they're subtle, but they are heartwarming. Like, um, you can pet the mouse or you have to kind of grab it to, to heal it. You can, um, you have, it'll look up with you and point like, Oh, over there. You know what I mean? Like you as the player also have a role. I think it's important to say is you're a, a, what's called a reader is so like Quill will like look up at you. She's aware that you are a presence, whether you have a corporeal form or not, she's aware that you have a presence there as that character is. Yes. And it's cool. like some of the puzzles are really clever toward the end. Oh, my God. You'll be like moving things onto levers while controlling Quill with the controller. So and I didn't expect it actually to control as good as it does. I mean, it's pretty simple. You basically just kind of dash around and slice things and jump. But it feels like really tight and smooth, which I like. Yeah. Um, and it looks can, great. Yeah, it looks great. Um, and, and it's 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 special. Like there's just something about the way that game looks in VR. Uh, I'm excited for you to finish it. It's really clever. It's uh, the story I kind of lost interest in. I just started skipping it after a while because it seemed like just mumbo jumbo. Mm. But um, the I've never seen VR utilized like this, and it's an incredible use of VR that doesn't feel like a gimmick. I mean, the word gimmick is kind of dumb to me. If a gimmick doesn't have to be a bad thing, a gimmick. Is, I I like the term better than gimmick. I like the hook. What's the hook? hook? A hook okay yeah, yeah. The, or the, the crux the angle mm-hmm. yeah yeah there mm-hmm. we go i don't know um, i feel like you're trying to scan me I'm like what's your angle what's your what's your what's your angle vr what are you trying to pull mm, true yeah that's what i hate about juice was, was, was... <laughs> stop stop being acute <laughs> stop being acute quill you know I, i've been watching a lot of silicon valley lately and they actually in the last season of silicon valley they pigeonhole vr as like 
the the fucked up fad, but it's like the big thing in Silicon Valley, and it kind of pisses me off because you know v- VR is just such a strangely misunderstood yet sought after and popular thing. I feel like VR isn't going anywhere. It will. I think what we look at as a VR experience now will be very different from what we do in five years. Mm-hmm. But uh, I don't think it's going anywhere. I think that this is an early iteration. Uh, but I think it's here to stay in some form. Yeah, no, I agree. And like people, this is the kind of game I would put in my short list. Resident Evil is number one for me. Resident Evil Seven, for sure. This is, for sure. This is number two on my on my VR short list. Uh, yeah, I think I me. would put uh, uh somewhere between this and uh, Job Simulator. Job Simulator, like stuff yeah. you need to look at. Um, uh, Job Simulator was uh quirky, but I feel like. This, it was kind of like fluffy, like you could just play the little things. They didn't really mean anything. It was kind of just like mm. a goof off. That, that's fair. Uh, I think Job Simulator is on the top of my list. I would show VR off to people who don't really play video games. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, for people who play video games like avidly, I would say Resident Evil 7 and Moss are at the top. Weirdly enough, one of the things that people love, I only played it like twice, but one of the things and that super people- super hot VR. Oh, that's a good one. Weirdly enough, one of the best things in VR to show people when they come over is the um, the great white shark attacking the cage in the mm. uh, that that is actually it's just like you just participate in it. It's not a game, but it just looks incredible. And, it's and a it VR plays. experience. Yeah, yeah. That I love that sh- that ten minutes in that shark cage, but that it's a very thin game. I was kind of disappointed I spent all that money on that package because mm-hmm. there's not a lot there. Um, VR worlds, that's what it was. Anyways, I don't I, I think that this is a beautiful thing for VR. I, I, I am proud of it to see. It's kind of short. I beat it in three sittings. Maybe the puzzles just flew really well with me. I don't know. But to me it's my it's my personal game of the year right now. But that doesn't really mean jack shit because it's March. So <laughs> and nothing else good has come out anyway. We're gonna, <clears throat> so we're gonna talk about my personal game of the year at one point here. Oh, oh, would that be so into the breach? It might be. Oh. It might be. It may, um, well, we can talk about it right now because that is my, well, now I'm just mentioning the segue and I'm ruining it. Um, so Josh is not here, sadly, but he bought into the breach so we could try it out. I know Shay's been playing a little bit. Um, Fish, have you played any into the breach yet? No. No. Of course you haven't. But it does sound interesting. It's real good. Too much Monster Hunter for you. Um, what's what's so great about it, Rich? Tell me, what's the, what's the deal with Into the Breach? Okay. I know it's... Well, let me say this. I know it's from the creators of FTL, which was a <clears throat> brutal sort of roguelike space this game, is, right? In the, yeah, this is in the vein of the roguelike thing, but it's a very different game, and I would say severely less brutal. Okay. Um, so Into the Breach is a turn-based tactics roguelike. Uh, or roguelite, really, but mm-hmm. uh, es- essentially the main idea of it is the world, some in some future, has gone. It's gone bad. There are the, these creatures called the Vex, these giant bugs, yeah. and they're popping up. And you're a, if only a had a monster bre- hunter to take them yeah. down. <laughs> no, the breachers are here. Um, <laughs> you, you essentially pick a team of mechs uh, that'll be like three different mechs. You unlock different ones as you progress. Your main starting team is essentially a. A big, you know, like bipedal, like mobile suit kind of guy, um, an artillery unit, and a tank unit. Um, and you play out tactics RPG scenarios where you have a power supply that carries over through each match, mm-hmm. and you're fighting out with these Vex intrusions, but it's such a calculated, calculated RPG. It communicates everything to you that's happening. Uh, 
where you'll see, okay, enemies will lock in on their turn. This is what they're going to attack next turn. And there'll be buildings on the map. If a building gets destroyed, power ticks down. When the power hits zero, your run's over and you need to reset. You need to go into the breach back in time and start over. So the idea is you're pre- you want to pre- prevent as much damage from possible as possible happening. Like, is it just buildings yeah. that you lose energy from? Uh, yeah, just buildings. Certain uh, maps will have different things. Like one of the maps has a train on it hmm. and the train moves each turn. Okay. And there'll be like a bonus objective that might give you an extra commendation or extra power if you protect the train. Uh, Are you playing on easy? Uh, I'm playing on normal now. I played. Okay. I played on easy for a few rounds. I got up. To, I got up to the last island on easy, and I unlocked like three different uh, teams, which I'm now using one I really like, and I, I stepped it up to normal to see how I could do there. And the the jump is a little daunting, but like you need to get used to how each unit behaves within itself. Because, for example, the uh, the mobile suit esque unit. Its main attack is just a punch. And when you punch something, typically it's going to get like knocked back a space. So you can knock into a building. You can knock a unit into another unit to do damage to them. You could move a unit so he's now attacking a square with an ally on it. So they start attacking each other. You mean you can there- punch a bug into another bug? Correct. Okay. There's, yes. There's an immense amount of strategy here. Like It's like a chess match. You're just sitting there looking mm-hmm. for the best possible outcome. And it feels like puzzly to that because you can look at every scenario and where you can drop in and kind of go to yourself for what I'm equipped with and what abilities I have. There's a perfect way to do this. There's an optimal way to do this. Hmm. Well, I know Shay's been playing it too over the uh, past day or so. Shay, I mean, what are you, you're the you're like the tactics guy. But, well, I guess Josh is too. But you know, one of your favorite games is Shining yeah. Force. Um, like you love these kind of turn-based tactical games. Like, what is your how are you th- feeling with Into the Breach so far? Um, I, I'm actually loving this game. It's something that Josh and I were talking about before the podcast. It's such a different feel because with something like Shining Force, basically what you are trying to do is you are manipulating these characters and where they, where their placement is to essentially get the best vantage point. Like it's for the whole team and you're you're doing it to as a, like a kind of a straightforward attack, and okay. in, in in that, Shining Force is very similar to chess, but with this game, it kind of flips that idea a little bit, in that you are manipulating your characters to get the best vantage point, but you're not doing it to just do straightforward damage. You're trying to use the environment itself to do that damage for you as much as you can, because of the fact that um, you can do the straightforward tactic, but you're most likely going to die. That's kind of how I approached the game initially, because that's what I'm used to. That's how I've always played Shining Force. That's how you play it. And this game, you have to manipulate your environment. So um, manipulate for the environment. So it's, it's really interesting in that regard. And it's caused me to kind of, rewire my brain a little bit um in comparison to normal tactics strategy type of games um i think that fire emblem kind of started to introduce that a little bit with like weather conditions and stuff like that as you're playing a tactics game but it's not to the level that into the breaches where basically if you punch uh one of the vex and it, it 
uh, collides with another one, you can knock that other one into the water and it instantly kills it. Or you set it, you punch it into a mine and it automatically blows it up. And this is to your advantage. So it's just, you really got to be cognizant of how each move can affect everything else in that match. And yeah. you want to kind of plan it out so accordingly because if I knock one character into another, it might put it in line with killing one of my characters or blowing up one of the buildings. But on the flip side of that, if I knock into a position, maybe I have a better chance of destroying that character. So it's just, it's this vast amount of strategy. It's like the next level, essentially, of like a Shining Force game. Doesn't obviously, for me, have the charm of something like that. Um, because part of the reason why I like Shining Force is just that, that 90s RPG charm. Whereas this is just like a basic, straightforward, like military-esque storyline. So it's... Is it kind I wouldn't of say generic. It reminded me of like it's, it's sci-fi, but it's yeah. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't go full blown Gundam. It's also probably worth noting yeah. like what Shay said with the level of strategy in it. They're entirely you can go for like you could kill nothing and walk away winning because each uh, encounter has a limited number of turns, and if you just hold out, the Vex will retreat at the end at the end of the last turn. Right. You don't oh, necessarily wow. need luck. to kill good every single one that. of them. Oh man, okay. <laughs> Good luck. Good. Well, so the that bugs. Shit would be hard. My question is, why are the bugs afraid of water? What's going on there? Oh, they drown. They're not afraid of water. They drown. Oh, so they're this not isn't swimming science. bugs. Some of them are. This is some, science. Some it's science. <laughs> and that shaman. There we go. Splat. <laughs> that, that's the strategy game I want to play. Line them up so I can swing away, Meryl. Hit, <laughs> hit, hit the can of glass. Yeah. Oh. Um. Yeah, it sounds cool. I'm gonna play it next week because everyone's talking <laughs> so so highly you about should. it. I got I started I started thinking about signs. And I got all happy. No, but the um, I'm excited to to play it. I the only reason I didn't play it this week is because I was playing a shitload of other games, and it looked like it was only mouse and keyboard, which is just depressing. There's no controls. Yeah, that's that's how no, you play you don't, you video don't, games. Uh, yeah, you don't need anything else. Oh yeah. no no no, dude! No. It's it's such a good game. <laughs> you don't. You the, don't. Th- the thing is, it's such it has such a high learning curve, but there's nothing fast about it where you would need a controller there's nothing no, about that it's a comfort thing like i just am uncomfortable using a mouse and keyboard i don't you're the weirdest human being i've ever met i swear weird. to god well i mean computers are for porn i thought we established actually put putting a controller into a game like a tactics rpg i feel like is overcomplicating it really like okay. you don't need that many inputs you just you yeah. click and you, you go here I, and then you get yeah, yeah this is yeah. good this is where i want to be i just want the option that's all i'm saying i want the option mm-hmm for people that don't, I get, I have a horrible, yeah. like, I get a lot of uh, uh, arthritis in my wrists, so I just don't like playing stuff with them. <laughs> <laughs> Such a Why bullshit excuse. It's just, Jesus I don't Christ. know what it is, Poor my wrist. Man. What else with, are you using I your wrist for? I literally never heard about this arthritis excuse until now. Well, what else you know, are you using so your wrist for? So none much. of us have yeah, ever nothing. heard of arthritis I mean, in Morgan until that. this controller issue. Na- nano, it's harder when you're working with a nano penis. Okay, you, there's a lot more wrist action involved. Um, it looks pretty great, but like, how is the music? Yeah. How is this? St- is there anything else besides the gameplay? The, I know it sounds the like writing's a dumb scene. pretty good. There, there's some, there's some like little encounters with you. You bounce from island to island as you do this, trying to like liberate these islands from the Vex, and yeah. each island has a CEO 
because okay. it's the future and the megacorps taco bell won the fast food war <laughs> I the like megacorps have taken yeah. over um they have like that would be amazing they have some fun like things to say like they'll chime in in the middle of the battle be like hey watch what you're doing there and you're like come on i'm trying lady like well yeah because they're worried about yeah, it kind of taunts you in a way right? it's like the npcs yeah. taunt you yeah that's funny do the bugs look cool i mean how's the art design it's 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 basic man i mean it's like it, it, it's like it's real bare bones not, like, i like to look bones. at them yeah it is it's like like yeah. mid to late 90s artwork and in a way i like it because it looks like I, a I don't 90s need this PC extravagant game, yeah. okay yeah you don't need these extravagant things because it's more about the strategy of the game the music's okay i mean it's par for the course I'd it's something you would imagine that game to have, to have. on a tablet uh, though i'll say that much yeah people have been saying they want it on tablet or yeah. the switch that's too bad mm. yeah maybe that, that'd be cool ftl came to ipad eventually so yeah. The one the one thing that I would like to mention that we haven't really talked about, and it's kind of got me in this love-hate relationship on how you feel about it, Rich, is kind of the upgrade system, because they don't really give much of a tutorial. I mean, they kind oh, of you explain really have it, to, they kind of don't. You have to really delve deep into it. They kind of throw you it. the wolves on it, yeah. They do, yeah, but like once you get the hang of it, it's pretty interesting. Like Basically, you have your basic weapons, and you have... um. If you complete missions by doing a little extra, you get reputation points. And with those reputation points, you can buy upgrades, um, which will kind of add on to your weapon or replace your weapon. Yeah, you can you attach can, new weapons. Right, you can you buy can get new passive um, upgrades. You can do what? Get new pilots from the time pods and all that. Yep, yep, yep. You can get new pilots. You can get passive type of powers like everyone in your party gets an additional plus two health and you have to equip it i thought once you buy that it's just automatic nope, but no you have to it. equip that to your max mm, yeah and yeah. i didn't realize that so i, I had all these power-ups and all these things that i purchased and then yeah. i was like cool nice I, I and then i'm like i'm getting fucking destroyed on this next island what's going on and it's like oh you have to go in and manually equip everything which i mean it makes sense it, it's just not to me it wasn't intuitive um maybe Biggest it's because i'm stupid i made i think i'm like my third run was i bought this sword for the uh for the like uh mobile suit mech and i replaced his his yeah. fist with it and i was like yeah what i didn't realize was the sword should really be equipped as a secondary weapon because it only has two uses. Right. So mm, now I attack right. twice, and now he could do nothing for the rest of the match. Oh, shit. Yeah, yeah. And on top of that, like, you have, to, you have to have base... I don't know what they're called. I'm spacing off the top of my head. You basically have to have nodes in order to activate these powers as well. I think like, it's it just called power. Like, you need to put power nodes into yeah. it. Yeah, some power nodes or something. But basically, it's a it's a... It's a way of reactor cores or That's leveling up reactor your, cores. Yes, reactor cores of leveling up your character essentially. Besides the traditional level up, because they have to be able to use these additional powers. So they might like you might might have the sword. You may have equipped it, but if you don't have those power nodes to activate that, it's just sitting there. So it's just like it's very yeah, intricate, and it's it's cool because it 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 allows for a lot of customization and a lot of strategy in different ways. Everyone can play this game differently. But on the flip side of that, it's so complex. It's a high learning curve, and it's not a bad thing. Um, I mean, if you don't like that kind of detailed level of 
uh, managing your party, maybe this game isn't for you, or maybe that system itself isn't for you, but it lends itself to being able to do that. And I can see later on in the game, basically, you'd probably have to get the grasp on that system in order to do well. Because I got to the second okay. island, and the, the difficulty level ramps up. And each time you go I'm to on a different the third island, now, it and it's daunting. Daunting. Yeah, it is. Uh, so it you really like, got to get the hang of that. That system. It seems like a very difficult kind of game to design. I'm always fascinated by these companies that to d- design these sort of games because you have to the design amount of it. balance you put yeah. into something like this. You got to leave options open for people in so many different ways. Otherwise, they're going to feel bored. But you, so you want simple use, but you want complexity hiding beneath the surface, and that's not mm-hmm. an easy thing to do. Right. Um, also worth noting, right, and, the and roguelite oh, element is the uh, the pilots. Uh, your pilots level up as you go, and they might start getting new abilities, like plus one mobility to whatever mech they're in, or, or so forth like that. Um, and at the end of your run, when you go into the breach and reset the timeline, uh, you get to pick one of your pilots to bring back with you. Wow. Yes. So do you, is there a connection to these pilots other than, like, do they, can you name them? Do they have stories? They have their own names. Like, they'll have their randomly generated name, and they might start with, like, a random ability. Who's your favorite pilot so far? Or are they randomly generated? Oh, they, whoever my favorite pilot They're was. They're randomly generated. Is, he's, okay. he's very, he's dead. He's gone. They're really <laughs> randomly generated? That sounds yeah. cool. I like, I like, so, like, we would have been playing the game, and we would have different experiences or different pilots, maybe? Yeah, we might have pilots with similar Absolutely. abilities. Absolutely. But they'd have totally different names. They might like some of them are cyborgs, some of them are humans. And okay. if you if your mech dies at in any match during a run, it's back in the next encounter, but the pilot is dead and it's now being piloted by AI. So it oh, loses damn. any extra abilities it was getting from its pilot. And it, so if they die, you you don't have the ability to bring them back after you go into the breach. No, but uh, d- during the, a ma- uh, when you you, you reset can in match, pilots. yeah, okay. And there, there's an ability in match where if your if your character or if your pilot goes down in the match, you can revive him. There is an ability for that. Um, I haven't been able to use it yet, but there is that ability. We- the other the, the other roguelike element um, that I actually was I wish Josh was here to talk about this, um, but I'll talk about it. Anyways, is the kind of the save system can be pretty daunting as well because basically you like if you beat a match, that's pretty much the only time you can save. And if you lose all your characters in a in a match, you're done. It's game over. Or if you like all the structures, like your structure level, I can't remember the name of that either because I'm a piece of shit. But um, uh, the structure power level. Exactly. level power level if it goes all the way down to zero it's game over and you have to start all over again so that also adds a layer of difficulty too because you can't you don't have continues um you can save in the middle of the run though which is good yeah that's nice yeah because a good run can be like an hour and a half and you might have to leave the computer for something yeah oh yeah it's you can pick it up and put it down it's that's really nice so the only thing i'm confused about is because you'd pick your pilots when they come back from the... And, the, and it's not because you just didn't explain this well. I'm just a little confused by the settlement. So you get to choose one of your pilots to bring back with you when you go into the breach. But uh, if you're wiped out and that's why you failed, everyone's dead, how do you bring... Then you don't get to bring anyone with you. 
Oh, so so how? What are the parameters, and why would someone still be alive and you would fail? How does that work? Oh, because uh, they oh, the power, actually power, what happened? Power level hits zero. Gotcha. Yeah. Ooh. Yes, exactly. That's so, what I was gonna say. So if your power level to, like, runs to zero, if your power level runs to zero, you can still bring one character back with you. Okay. Um, that's the that's the only way. So you'd almost want okay. So okay, interesting, interesting. Well, I you guys have sold me. I will give it a shot this week. Maybe next week I'll write some mech themed intros for the for the crew because that it's I I hate playing and I will take it back. I, I I'm not 16 years old. PCs are not just for porn anymore. Clearly, the phone is where porn is now. That's I'm true. Gonna, it's hard to get now. viruses on those Apple products. That's right. <laughs> that's, that's right. Um, <laughs> so, dude, what did you think of the Nintendo Direct yesterday? Did you watch it, Rich? Uh, yeah, I was actually at my my day job when it was popping off. So, uh, mm. it had just ended when I got out. So what I did was I huddled in my car before I drove home and watched it on my phone. <laughs> I did that uh, too. I did the same thing in my car. Uh, because I couldn't wait. Like, I knew a million people were going to be fucking hammering me with shit when I walked in the door. I had to check my email. I had to talk yeah, to my yeah. sister about something. I don't have time for that crap. I got shit to do. Yeah. I yeah. needed to know what was happening. And I think uh, there was some cool stuff going on. Uh, I'm excited for Mario Tennis for one. But easily the, I would say, biggest and quickly brushed under the rug to some degree reveal was that that Smash reveal looks like it's a brand new Smash. Which well, surprised As opposed me. to like a port of the Wii U version, you mean? Yeah, which is okay. what I was expecting. Hmm. That's a big jump. I don't know how you can make that jump. Why are you making that jump? What, that it's brand new? Yeah. Uh, there's a couple of things. There is... Uh, the attachment of the two new Inkling characters. Okay. And then when we pan out to like showing the silhouettes, the first two we see are what's Mario and then what's very clearly Breath of the Wild Link. Mm-hmm. Which I don't think they'd make a point of showing that if it was just we added a new cosmetic look for Link. Well, you couldn't you make a new characters but still keep I don't know, that's tough. I'm... Also, we didn't see any like it just said Smash. Smash. Like well, that's what they call it now. They just call it Smash. <laughs> it, it, Smash. I, I, there's nothing to confirm it, but from what I've seen, I think that's a brand new Super Smash Brothers. It might be built on the guts of the Wii U one, but there's enough in it, much like how Splatoon 2 came to the Switch. There's enough new there for them to be floating it as a new title. Yeah. Well, I know that, yeah, they're all excited about that Smash. I don't know. I don't want to be the... I'll say this. But even though I have been down on these directs, if E3 is amazing, then I will never be down on a direct again because then it will mean that the directs are basically pointless because um, E3 is where all the good stuff's going to come anyway, right? E3 is um, where you, you make a show of it. Yes, yeah, I agree. And a lot of these games for the direct, like that Mario Tennis game, I think is coming out in July or June. Mm -hmm. So that's like yeah. right during E3. So yeah. Um, but it's Which just, I'm going to need something to play while I'm running to appointments. So, <laughs> uh, Mario Tennis is it's very odd to see that being the spotlight. Um, so I love I, Mario Tennis, man. Do you? Are you a big Mario oh. Tennis fan? Oh, I'm man. a big like Mario sports in general fan. Mario Golf is pretty great. I love Mario Golf. Ma Mario Tennis is my my first like Mario sports love. Uh, N64 Mario Tennis loved the that loved that fucking game. I, I saw. The I'm surprised there isn't a Mario curling game yet. Um, it's a Canadian exclusive. It's called uh, 
WarioWare Touch and Curl. <laughs> that's uh. actually, that's, that sounds erotic. Why doesn't Waluigi ever get his own Touch title? Girl. Waluigi actually has a badminton game that only came out in Beijing. Oh, I love Batman. That would be great. That's why. Is that real? No, that's. <laughs> I, I felt like you were lying, he's but you know, totally like, I sell it with confidence. Yeah, see, he was he was delivering those. Um, yeah. Little known fact. I beat my entire school in middle school in badminton, and I was the champion, and I, they gave me a trophy mm. and everything. You know, right, something? <laughs> I was very good at badminton in high school, and I'm very bad at most things, which leads me to believe that badminton is not a very difficult sport. Mm. Well, thank you for raining on my parade. You know, I appreciate that. You know, also, <laughs> I'd like you guys to know, at the school I teach at in Japan, uh, it's, that's the, the sport they're most known for, actually, is badminton. So it's very, very competitive. And um, yesterday I went to one of my first year's classes to play and there were two students who were actually part of the team and they destroyed my ass. Destroyed you. They, no uh, they no. embarrassed me. The other, the other kids, I embarrassed them, but they made me look like a weenie. Did you and, show up uh, with like sweatbands and you're like, who's ready for a face full of shuttlecock? Just because you really sh- want to say that. Whoa. <laughs> whoa, whoa, shuttle- whoa. What is that thing called? The little it's thing. It's a shuttlecock. Sh- no. It's called yes. a shuttlecock. Yeah, yeah it's yes. a shuttlecock. Yeah, that's its thing. It's called, it's called a shuttlecock? Yeah. Cock? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What? I gotta Google this. I don't, I don't believe you. This is that's 100% true. This, this might be the greatest sport in the world. Once an episode, Morgan doesn't believe anybody. Um, it's but, not that no, I don't I, believe uh, you. I just... <laughs> it's shuttlecock. you just don't believe I feel like an immature 15 year old. Yeah, dude. They just fucking wipe the floor with me. Wow. They wipe the fucking floor with me. So sometimes I show up to like the badminton um practices and sometimes the teachers will be like hey shay you play it and all the kids get excited because they all know they're gonna fucking destroy me (laughs) and they all get hyped because like they might be bad at badminton against their fellow students but they're gonna destroy me every time so they all get hype and they're like yeah it's my turn that's that's good times that's great okay diversions aside um that was my fault i'm sorry um i so Weird. I don't know. I mean, this is going to sound like a real old man, but I don't know how I feel about Crash Bandicoot on the Switch. I'm sorry. I know everyone's like, why you got to be that way? It's the more best games on every system, the better. But Crash Bandicoot was a Sony platform exclusive. He is a Sony thing. I know that there was the weird GameCube. I know there was those weird Crash games in the GameCube, and that's I I remember those, the weird ones. This this was a deal they had worked out from the beginning. Uh, I don't feel like they people talked about it a lot. No, but it was clear, black and white that it was a one year exclusive, uh, and that it was going everywhere afterwards. It's just weird. It's just weird to see Nintendo highlighting that. It's just where banding. it's a good get from them. Like, think about it. Having Amazing. those games on the go, that's that's great. I mean, I'm not gonna pick it up again because I played all three uh, on PS4 again, and I've had my fill. Yeah. Once you have your fill of Crash, you're good for a while. <laughs> but uh, it looks like Spyro's next. I don't know if you guys have heard about that. That looks amazing, yeah. Well, I mean... Spyro? No, 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 no. Medieval is next. No, no, Let's no, get no, no. It looks like Sp- right Spyro might be before that. Yeah, Spyro's supposed no. to release this year. No. So no. Medieval, but later this no. year. No. Medieval was announced first. <laughs> it's coming. Chase. Oh. Medieval's a great game. I'm not, I like Medieval. Sir Dan. Yeah, yeah. Sir Daniel Fortescue. Goddamn right you do. Sir Dan. That's right. Daniel Fortescue 
is See, the it's, man. It's still. not fair. Shay's getting every game he loves remastered. Fucking Spyro, Sir Dan, fucking Crash. All I want is Tomb Raider. I want the original Tomb Raider games remastered. Nobody wants Tomb Raider. Yes, here's that's, the, that's here's the, the problem, Morgan. Tomb Raider, the original first off, has already been remastered. Um, and it's also worth noting that those games have aged horribly. The original Tomb Raider games play like hot garbage. Hot take from this guy. <laughs> I won't hear any of this, Rich. I won't hear any of this. <laughs> they play exactly the way they're supposed to play. It's a tank with boobs. They were supposed it's... to play poorly? They're, well, the thing is with the original Tomb Raider games is they're, they're geometrical. So everything about Laura, she, it's, she's moving in a geometric plane, like the way she moves. Yeah, it's yeah, almost yeah. like walking in squares and stuff. So it's, it's a very odd way. It's very strange, mm -hmm. and I agree that most people think they age poorly. I am not mm -hmm. one of those people. But regardless, I'm not... I love those games at the time. I, don't get me wrong. Well, it's I... for the... All these games are for the nostalgia, right? I don't know how well did Crash age that incredible... I don't know. I'm just... I, I think Crash feels fine, and I think we were thirsty for those sorts yes. of games. Um, also, Tomb Raider. I, I feel like you could do Tomb Raider, but I feel like you have to use a more modern engine. Um, you have to... Get rid of that like stilted feeling where like movement is a chore. No, and no, no. Open no, it up and make no. it a pro modern 3D platformer, and you could I, remake it beat for beat beyond that. No, but see, but then that's I just feel like that's not fair because make it in the engine Crystal Dynamics is using now to make Tomb no, Raider games. No, you can't do that, and this is why these games. I know are I can't. I don't have the rights. They're just, <laughs> they're they're yeah, that's true. They're all about nostalgia, and I feel like if you fuck people's nostalgia, I'm not nostalgic for getting frustrated because a tiger kills me because i'm moving so fucking slow <laughs> i am that's exactly no what I want. nostalgic for that i want to jump sideways you know what I love about this is you thought you were going to be safe because josh was gone to talk about tomb raider <laughs> and which took the torch <laughs> or not, tomb raider's never safe i'm in, i'm in a very small minority of people that think the original games I don't, it's not that I think they've aged fine. I just think that they're their own thing, and I get why people don't like them. But it's, I don't think it's not that they haven't aged well. I, I think they were fine at the time, and the way they've aged makes me have no desire to revisit them if they're going to play like that. Well, you know, I respect that to each their own. I revisit them mm -hmm. about once a year, and I still love them. Uh, actually, no, just the first two. Anything after the first two, I, I don't have any. You don't like, doesn't Tomb Raider 3, like, open up, like, in Washington? No, it's Tomb Raider 3 is no. Tomb Raider 3 is fine though. Um Tomb Raider 3 opens up in like a mudslide in a jungle. It's real weird. Which well, game think... opens up in Washington that I'm thinking of? It's like the weirdest oh, like you're in like the Capitol building. <laughs> I don't know. That might be Tomb Raider 5. It gets real weird for like hardcore fans. There's like it's like it's real I know dicey. Last Revelation opens up in Egypt and Yes. And you're like a, a really girl. You're one. like a little tiny Laura Croft. Um are you're, you? Yeah, you're like a teenage Lara Croft, and you're with this old guy. He's like teaching you stuff, and then you grow up and you get to play. But that whole game it takes place in Egypt, so it's like a smaller setting. Mm -hmm. um, five, I think, might be the one you're thinking of. Wait, five was Rome. Anyway, this is a diverted conversation. People are going to hate me for this, but my point is, Shay's getting everything he wants, and I'm not. I know I do. Um, some of the comments that I got from our community. Uh, a lot of people were like shocked that I was upset about Crash, and I just wanted to explain it. That's why I feel about it. Just, it just, right, it fair enough. just makes me feel dirty. <laughs> um, okay, so a couple of the my favorite comments here. 
Unstop the day. Stop making 3DS games. Yes, I agree. How many people mm -hmm. fucking comment about these 3DS games? Like, Jesus fucking Christ, man. The 3DS is dead. What's going on? Why the fuck is Luigi's Mansion not on Switch? Why, why put that on the 3DS? Just They're let me remake it on I know. the fucking 3DS. That's weird. Do it on the Switch. Let me finally put the, the 3DS on the shelf next to my fucking Wonderswan color, and I could say, "Hey, remember this fucking thing? Like, mm -hmm. <laughs> let's move on." I'm flabbergasted. That is flabbergasted. Um. It really is. I mean, I just, I don't get that. I just don't get it. Uh, Desert Ocelot, kill the 3DS, please. I booed in my stream every time they talked about it. Um, me at least you were Captain Toad's coming to the Switch. What, what'd you say? Sorry. I said at least Captain Toad's coming to both. Yeah, that seems fine. Um, Captain Toad's great. Did you, me and Rich were making fun of the Dark Souls amiibo. That Dark Souls amiibo is silly. It's so silly. Also, full disclosure. While we were making fun of it, I pre-ordered it. Oh my god. <laughs> nice. Uh, I was like, this is stupid, add to cart. How, how did you feel about the direct fish? Did you have time to check any of it out after the uh, performance? Um, no, I didn't actually uh, follow up on any of the news other than what you guys have been talking about. Um, but I, yeah, I am excited for uh, a Smash game. Um, Never really got into Smash games, um, other than playing it a little bit here and there at uh, various people's houses, uh, just a tad bit. Um, also playing like knockoff versions of Smash. Um, I think there was like a Kung Fu Panda one that was free on the PS. That sounds now. awesome. I want to play that. Um, <laughs> it, it was actually fun. Me and my daughter got down on that. And she there was loved a TMNT it. one. On the on the Wii, does anybody oh, remember that? Uh, no, I don't. Nope. Yeah. I don't. That sounds. It was all right. Yeah. The roster's yeah, pretty it. limited after you go through like all four turtles: Splinter, Bebop, Rocksteady, and Shredder. Shredder. But... About... <laughs> no Super Shredder. Yeah. I'm out. That's a game breaker. Right? <laughs> April O'Neil. They should have a special Casey secret Jones, character: obviously. Vanilla Ice. That would, uh, God, I'd own like six copies ooh. of that game if that were the case. <laughs> Get the turtle wrap in there. Uh, He's not doing much. Do you guys re we remember into that pairing? This is this is the worst tangent I'm going to go off on through this whole episode. <laughs> <laughs> like five years ago, there was an ad campaign. I think when one of the new uh, turtle movies was coming out, where uh -huh. they were doing Ninja Turtle Crash Macaroni and Cheese, and. The commercial was like a lady coming in the store. She's like, I need Ninja Turtle Kraft macaroni and cheese. And she turns down the aisle and Vanilla Ice is stocking the shelf. And he's like, here you go. And like the Ninja Rap is playing in the background. And that what? was the greatest commercial I've ever seen in my I've, that's entire amazing. Yeah. life. I got to go YouTube that wow. now. I got to find that. I'm going to find I'll put, that. I'll put it in the chat when we're done. Do it. Do it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave a note to myself. Find Turtle Rap. Um, I mean, I, ninja, it would be cool, like Fish is saying, go. we want to, we haven't played Smash Brothers in a while, so the thought of having, like, Sword Chomp Smash Brothers tournaments does seem pretty appealing, and even, of course, we don't, oh, anyone, yeah. like, you know, getting, having a match with you two, Rich, like, everyone has a, a fucking Switch, so, but this is what I'm talking about, Rich, Fish hasn't touched a Smash Brothers game in ages, doesn't give a shit about Nintendo, and suddenly his ears perk up because he's got a Switch. This is what people are doing, Rich. It's like this Switch it, thing. It's taken over. 
Hey. Hey, I, it's I didn't almost like it's taking the world GameCube. by storm. Almost. The GameCube was practically <laughs> the Switch. It had a handle on it. You were supposed to take it places. <laughs> They've always been trying to get us to fucking take yep. shit places, aren't they? God damn it. Mm-hmm. The, with the Wii U, they're like, you can take this 30 feet from the Wii U, and then you're gonna, it's gonna disconnect. You know, this- I, ha- I had the attachable screen for the GameCube that, like, slid over the top of it, and I was playing a game on it once, and I slammed it in frustration and ruined the fucking screen. That's a real thing? There was a screen on top of the GameCube? Yeah, and it, it folded on top of it. It, like, hooked onto the back, and what? then it would fold down on top of it. I bet that screen had to have terrible quality. It must have been garbage. Yeah, it was fine. The PlayStation 1 has a screen like that. Oh, huh. okay. Yeah. Oh, like a little... Oh, I, I yeah, vaguely that remember screen. that. Oh. Yeah. Man, that... Man, that's the good old days. You think of those weird-ass products that we used to get. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now technology's too good for some weird mm-hmm. shit like that, you know what I like mean? Like, they put something out and it would just work. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, let's see. Oh, I got a comment here. Sector 7 item shop on the AdSword shop. Instagram, by the way, chime. You want to make sure you chime in. And uh, says, as much as I love Luigi's Mansion on GameCube, I didn't think it had a, that big of a following to warrant any kind of remake or rehash for the Switch. Kind of didn't see it coming. But again, goes without the whole idea of adding revenue to pre-existing world without the added expense of having to make an entire game. Um... Yeah, well, it's not on the Switch. It's on the 3DS, so, so that's the weird thing. It's strange that people there was enough people clamoring for that game that they thought that they should remake it and then put it on the 3DS. That is the oddest At decision. the time, I'm sure it made a ton of sense. They put it on the thing that's already in everybody's hands, and I bet you those decisions were made before they knew what the Switch was, like before they had caught fire with it. Also, Luigi's Mansion is the Citizen Kane of Mario games. What the fuck? It's, it's, you can't just drop that in the wow. end, Rich. You can't just drop that in the end there. <laughs> I'm just gonna say. I think you just did. <laughs> That's what happened. Do- Donkey Kong Country is the Citizen Kane of Donkey Kong games. There you go. Did you guys see this, by the way? Uh, Nintendo trademark. You don't even know what that means, Morgan. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Nintendo what it means. trademarked uh, the Donkey Konga drums for uh, Switch. Oh, oh. Which I think means we're getting a Donkey Konga game, which I'm okay with. <sighs> and portable drums for your... <laughs> some some cardboard <laughs> yeah, drums. Yeah, the Labo. Labo drums. Donkey Kong Labo? Boom, 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 boom. Uh, Pascadios one says, Honestly, because of how hyped I've been for the new Mario Tennis, I love today's Direct. Um, I, also, I think it leaves all the jaw, jaw droppers for E3. So, I mean, I think that's what we're consensus here. Like, I'm probably being too harsh on this because E3's where all the big hitters are going to come. I, I, just, I don't know what the jaw droppers are, though, if we haven't know. seen them already. Uh, well, I'm if you knew to... what they are, your jaw wouldn't drop, Rich. Come on. Metroid Prime. Uh, maybe Bandai. we get a look at Bayonetta 3. The only jaw dropping thing about that is Bandai's making it. It's fucking weird. That is a little weird. Uh, yes, uh, Sebastic12 said Smash Brothers saved it. I think most people agree that um, Smash Brothers saved this thing. Uh, Muhammad Jamed said, Disappointing in my opinion, still nothing new for me. Personally, this is as strong as Zelda and Splatoon. See, one person said this, which I kind of agree with. I want to see if I can find it. It says, they're talking about, oh, here's a really good one. Amanda underscore T says, I was disappointed with Luigi's Mansion coming to the 3DS. Why couldn't they port to the Switch? 
Other than that, I like the direct. The fact that they are getting games like Crash just shows how popular the console is now. Yep, we talked about that. They were always going to get... Um, they're always going to make a big thing about Mario Tennis. It's a Mario game, after all, and one of the only new games that they're bringing out at the moment. But I think it looks good and definitely better than the last one they brought out. Looking forward to Smash Brothers on Switch. Always love that game. But is it just going to be a port of the Wii U game with added extras? We were just talking about that earlier. I was mm-hmm. disappointed that there was no mention of Diablo, rumored to be coming to the Switch. Now, that would be interesting. Diablo? I, th- I think that would be an E3 hitter. Um oh. Along with, I'll I'll give you my my short list of what I think we're gonna see either revealed or more from at E3. Okay, I'll give you uh, Diablo on okay. the Switch. Uh, we're gonna get a look at Metroid Prime, something early. We're gonna okay. get a look at Bayonetta three. Uh, I think there's gonna be an Animal Crossing reveal. Okay. Um, and I think those will be like their big pinch hitters because beyond that, uh, no Pokemon. You don't got Pokemon coming this year. I don't think it's Fuck. early enough to even get a look maybe God a damn tease. it rich you ruined my life <sighs> maybe a tease maybe uh some justification of uh there's a rumor going around that uh the switch pokemon game is a reboot meaning like it'll be almost a reinterpretation of red and blue ugh. <clears throat> i mean you're not wrong but ugh. Uh, what do I? What do I know? I mean, we need something new for that series anyway. If Depending the- how how insane it looks, like yes. that's totally fine. Like I agree. I agree. If you think about the step up the recent games did going into the new 3D models, I think they're gonna go like full scale. We're making a 3D RPG here. Um. Yeah. We want the breath of the breath of the wild treatment. That's what we need mm-hmm. for Pokemon. Um. I, I want to see if there's any other really good comments people left that I want to read. Someone said something that I really agree with about Splatoon. I wanted to read it because it just made me laugh. Uh, so when I find it, um, Isaac Garcia said Dark Souls content for Smash. I don't even know what that means, but I will say that I am excited. Solar about and that. Smash. Oh yeah, yeah, gotcha, gotcha. You know, you know that Dark Souls game is interesting because. It's a complete visual remaster, right? They're changing the visuals. It's got a new... Yeah. Okay. I don't know how much... Like, I haven't seen screenshots or anything, so... But it's supposed to be touched up and looking pretty good. Yeah. It's weird of all the cool things you could get from that game that they made Solaire the Amiibo. Hell yeah. I think that's the right choice. I don't know. He's the iconic, like, character where you have a set look. Like, you know what I mean? You're not gonna do, like the player character in, like, some starter armor set or something. Just just think about what we're looking at. At the end of this year, we're looking at the fact that people are playing Crash Bandicoot in a Dark Souls game on a Nintendo platform. That's, that's pretty crazy. It's pretty cool when you get down to it. Like, stuff's come full circle. Yeah. Yeah, the Switch is just taking over the world. Anyway, somebody said something about how they were pissed with all the fucking Splatoon shit. And I can't find the comment, but it made me laugh, because... They Nintendo, I will say this, this is not a negative hit against Splatoon. Uh, it's just that Nintendo really likes to shove Splatoon down our throats. They they really Do they? they? Really, I didn't think there I was think. that much Splatoon going on. I even when they introduced Smash, it was like a minute-long video of the Splatoon people running around shooting each other. Well, yeah, um, because the, I think it's a big deal. Splatoon's their Splatoon's the only brand new thing they've introduced in the past. 10 years that's really struck a chord you know what i mean mm-hmm. like splatoon is now standing up with the likes of like mario and zelda <sighs> not I okay sales i don't know about one. that i don't know 
Splatoon is Nintendo's... Here's, here's the way I'll put it. I think there's a better way to put it. Splatoon is now Nintendo's benchmark multiplayer game. Like, yes. it's their, their multiplayer shooter, and they, they did it, and people love it. And Splatoon's And fun. yet, Nintendo has a big issue with... A, their online sh- situation so that what does that really mean you know and that mean? it does it hardly exists exactly so they're they're wounding themselves. um last mm. comment we can move on we got some really fun humorous polls to kind of wrap up the show with um high energy show today woody underscore from wood country <laughs> i love that name i don't some of these i should get people's real names because their screen names just make me laugh um says, I was looking for a Fire Emblem teaser, and I was disappointed, but I'm hyped for Smash. That's another one, Rich. You should put that on your uh, your possibles for E3, Fire Emblem, on the Switch. Yeah. Yeah, we might get a look at that as well, which I'm very excited for. Proper Fire Emblem. Me too. Anyways, um, Fish, do you have any final thoughts? I didn't want to steamroll you here. Anything you'd like to say about the Direct? I know you didn't watch it. Anything else worth mentioning? Mm-hmm. Well, uh... Just looking forward to seeing what exactly they do come out with uh, at E3. But um, I like their momentum. I like where Nintendo's going with everything from the Labo to, like, I feel like they, they've set up, they've plot a course for themselves as far as releases on these games and these certain titles and uh, acquiring all these remakes, getting Diablo 3. Like, having Diablo 3 Oof. on a Switch is just... Like, like there's there's so many i love the fact that they're expanding that library as quick as possible to try and get as many handhelds out there that way they can have uh bigger cells on the actual software that they're releasing Mm -hmm. so um i'm just really excited for the switch and that's why you know all these titles that i don't necessarily have experience with uh and don't really have an affinity as far as like the playing the actual games um and now that uh, I am hearing them coming out for the Switch, I am excited to experience all this stuff on the Switch because it's a, it's a great piece of hardware, and uh, I'm sold on this generation of uh, Nintendo's This console. is like the prototypical person they're trying to reach with all these Switch games. And, I'm and like they the, did it. And they did it. And I'm the prototypical asshole they who's played it. all these games, and he's very <laughs> angry at the world. <laughs> oh, come on, man. It's going to be fun. <laughs> You're going to have a good time. I will. I mean, you know, Diablo sounds amazing. Although I played it for a hundred something hours already. I will say this: I hope they fix the cheating because um, it's per- Diablo is protected on the Blizzard um, on Battle.net, so like the loot feels special. But when I played it on PS4, it was hacked to death. So like it just made everything feel uh, illegitimate, and I I don't mm-hmm. know if they're able to control that on consoles, and that I'm curious to see. Um, okay, fun polls to round up the show before I want to sp- like a quick couple minutes with Kingdom Come. Um, and then we can wrap it up. So we already talked about the, the Moss poll I did, which was interesting, but this is, uh, this is real. Okay, Rich? Fish has been documented. He said Donkey Kong Country was too hard. I know it sounds crazy that he actually said that. We were all in shock, okay? This is a fish beat Cuphead, but Don- he could not get out of the first world in Donkey Kong Country. How do you feel mm. about that, Rich? Have you considered getting good? Um, you know what? I haven't tried that. <laughs> let let me get back with you guys. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll t I'll take that pill. Swallow down <laughs> the good know, good uh, pill. Some medicine. I, I don't. I don't. I, good, I don't know though. Uh, definitely, the time Donkey Kong Country was like the harder platformer, in my opinion. When you stack it up against like Mario or something. But, but I don't, now, 
and I played it recently, mm-hmm. and I, I didn't too. really have a tough time. But I'm fairly familiar with it, also. I've, it's yeah, yeah. I've I've I don't really have that experience. I never played it back in 1994, back in the 90s when I was a kid. This is I only played demos of it and really never got that far. And for some reason, those barrel explosions just throw me the fuck off. Like going from one barrel to the next, mm. that's fine. I I could time it. But timing it against a fucking hornet that's sitting in front of you, just taunting you from getting to the next barrel. He's on a set. Like, he's on a set I know path. it's all timing. Yeah, you just watch the path. Mm, well, of course, yes. He's on a set path, but like, like two barrels are going up and down. You're trying to get to the other barrel, and then there's that fucking hornet just moving up and down, a little bit more slower than the barrels. It's like this weird fucking timing game that just fucks with my head and i just don't want to fucking wrap my head around this it, it's it's a simple yeah, mechanic is. but i just don't want to wrap my head around well, it maybe it's, you know everyone reason. has their kryptonite fish um and in this case i was so distraught that i was like i'm gonna put a poll up that fish if he cannot finish donkey kong country in 14 days he has to eat a, a banana drenched in hot sauce um so we're working. I have a really funny video I'm putting up of fish training. I'm going to put it up next Monday. I don't want to ruin it. He's training. <laughs> All right. People will enjoy it. I'm looking forward I have to, to it. Traded. Um, Donkey Kong Country has brought me so much joy in my life. I beat it again recently. I still think it's the best platforming game ever made. The music is incredible. I will say this I did not expect the joy it would bring me in my life would be to conquer fish. Very rarely do I see fish conquered. I mean, he's a. He's a did he you- played. Did you say the the best platforming game ever made? Yes, yes. You said you said Mega Man Two wrong. No, that's. Would you even consider that a platformer? I consider that an action uh, game. It's yes. a, it's, a, it's a precision platformer. Uh, you guys said Super Meat Boy wrong. Oh, God, mm, <laughs> that's a ooh, that's a totally. Di- um, I mean, there. Uh, to be honest with you, I you got the super <laughs> right, but you forgot super world. Oh yeah, mm, that's another yeah. good point. That's yeah. another really good. Po- okay, let's not get no. into this. This is a whole other thing. Um, so yeah, that's just my. But the thing was, I, I just, I didn't expect this to happen, and it's been fascinating. So if this follows through, we and Fish is unable to do it in 14 days from last Tuesday, which it seems like we're heading in that direction, because he's Getting too afraid. Cut it even, close. Yeah, he's too afraid to even pick it up now. He's scared. So. No, I just gotta take my good. So if anything, you, instead of like trying to get better at Donkey Kong Country, every day you should eat a banana with a little bit more hot sauce on it to just, just build the immunity like, up. Yeah, prep yeah. yourself for the big day. I think I'll <laughs> pop a couple tums before. Either way, we all win. If he um, if he eats the banana, we win. And if he beats the game, he wins. I didn't expect him to love it as much as me. I just wanted him to in like to be a historian. I wanted him to like absorb the knowledge of what that is before he plays Tropical Freeze. I was hoping he'd play the first two because Donkey Kong Country Two is actually awesome as well. Oh, so. Diddy's Conquest. Is... Yeah, did yeah yeah. It's mint. It's it's great. It's great. There's no Donkey Kong in it, which is unfortunate, but it is great. Um, so thank you. Ever that was the biggest poll we ever had come back, Rich. It was in the high 80s. We've never had a poll come back in the high 80s that people <laughs> wanted him to eat that banana. Oh, a lot of people want me to eat a banana drenched in hot sauce. So. Yeah. 
Maybe maybe we should uh, leave a, a poll of what kind of hot sauces they actually. You know, that'll maybe get make it so that. much worse. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, I'd, you'll I have people like sending you hot sauces. Type of hot yeah, sauce. Yeah, Josh has already offered uh, mm. to send fish a variety of hot sauces that might complement the sweet banana better. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, he's he's also offered to uh, send some recipes, which uh, I'm actually very curious about. That seems like something that Josh, Josh would tell. Like, of all the things Josh gets excited about, he's always like, your poles are dumb. And then he's like, oh, I, uh, this spicy banana, because Josh is a big food guy. So, mm-hmm. um, The other two quick polls we had, uh, I was like, I hope that I'm, I want the Tomb Raider movie to be good, but I know that it's going to be hot garbage. That came back pretty resounding. Uh, yeah. 60, 30 kind of a thing. Um, I still don't understand why the Tomb Raider movies <laughs> even exist. I just don't understand. I mean, did those original movies make money? I thought that they didn't. I thought, like, just researching they them? They had to have. They they made three of them. <sighs> no, no, there's two. There was uh, The Cradle of Life. Isn't there three? And there, were, there was another one, the Angelina Jolie. The, oh, she did the two, but I don't think there's Cra- a third. Cradle of Life was the second one. Yeah, yeah. And uh, then the original one, Tomb Raider. Yeah. But I don't... But so... And they're... Honestly, they're not that... They weren't great movies. Oh, no, they're not. And, um... But I mean, not even in the, like, video game movie sense. They were very, like, that era, like, cheesy action movie. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Exactly. And, like, not I, in an endearing, like, 80s action movie kind of way. No. And even when they tried to be weird, I remember in the second one, there's a scene where she punches a shark in the face. And I was like, okay, this is just fucking dumb. I don't know what they're going for here, but it's just dumb. Um, I don't know. It, I just, it seems like it's... I expect uh, nothing. Yes, I, I also expect nothing, but I feel like it's my duty as a Terminator fan to watch it for the I'll, podcast. I'll go see it. You're going to go see it in theaters? Yeah, I'll go see it. Oh. I, have, I have movie pass. I have no reason not to. All right. I will probably go see it as well. And the last poll was, I was thinking about this, my, me and my girlfriend, or fiance, I got to get used to saying that right. We went <laughs> to Taco Bell, and, uh, and I don't ever eat there, but I realized if I had to eat there, I would eat the Cheesy Gordita Crunch. And it got me thinking, the Cheesy Gordita Crunch is clearly the best thing at Taco Bell, and 64% of our audiences agreed. Do you agree, Rich? I'm going to walk you through my Taco Bell order. Okay. It's, this changes sporadically. Here's what we're looking at on a, on a typical trip to Taco Bell nowadays. Okay. We're gonna get two loaded potato grillers. Okay. Two cheesy roll-ups. Don't even okay. A cheesy gordita crunch. Okay, but we're gonna replace in the taco inside the cheesy gordita crunch with a Dorito taco. Okay. Oh um, shit. Oh shit. And now <laughs> yeah. the, newest, on that. <laughs> the newest addition yeah. is you gotta get some nacho fries to wrap yeah, up. Those, the whole those thing. are not bad. They're not bad. Those those are pretty good fast food fries. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they got a lot of potato in them. I, I I think that outer part of that potato is what they use in their potato. I grill. think yeah, I think you're right about that actually. That mm. that season seasoning on the outside. Well, you guys have thought you guys have thought oh, a lot about good, your Taco Bell. <laughs> I, <laughs> I, mean, you know, I think that pow- yeah, that's, there's uh, there's not a moment going on where I'm not thinking about Taco Bell. <laughs> oh, that's great! But the cheesy gordita crunch is in your order, so it yeah, is part yeah. of what you got. It there. is one of the most superior Taco Bell items. The cheesy gordita crunch was once a uh, like a rotational item that yeah. would sometimes disappear, and demand was just too great. Yeah, I remember. That. I used to go in there and I had to request it, and they'd have to make it because it wasn't on the fucking menu. They still had all the stuff though. Yeah, if you yes. asked, they, yeah. they'd make it happen. 
You know what would be amazing? If you could get that, remember that old red taco they had, the spicy one? The volcano taco. If I could get the volcano taco in the crunch, oh, that oh. would be next level. Yes. Is that gone? Is God, the volcano taco that. gone? I miss that. Oh. See, what I used to do, to, and you can't even get this anymore. Remember, they used to, at, at points, they'd have uh, the Flamin' Hot Fritos burritos. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. I would go in when they had those. And I'd get a loaded potato griller and ask them to add the flaming hot Fritos to it. Wow! Wow! You're very specific about your request to Taco Bell. Yeah, no. Don't fuck around. <laughs> fuck around take, with that Taco. Bell. Take my Taco Bell seriously. I don't blame you. I don't blame you. Yeah. If I ever want to get like real indulgent in Taco Bell, I, I'll order me two taco or two Mexican oh, pizzas. Now you're, now you're living. And just I think I'm gonna go to day. Taco Bell tomorrow. I'll yeah. send you guys some, <laughs> but, some images. <laughs> But Rich, you did a great job of avoiding the the answer to the question, which is you can only pick one item from the menu for. It's like that's like picking your favorite kid. Uh, what I'm hearing is you got a lot of. <laughs> I can, oh. uh, I'm hearing you have a lot of like appetizers. You got your little rolls and you got your fries. Yeah, but, but if, I, if I could, if I could only pick one, and I can have my sub ins. Uh, I would take the cheesy gordita crunch with the Doritos taco in place of the normal one. Okay, I'll let that slide as an answer. What about you, Fish? What's your one item? There cheesy we go. See, crunch. see, we're all in kids. Shay, I know Shay's been kind of quiet over there because he we're trying to talk about Taco Bell. And he... Um, I would eat the garbage out of the garbage can before I ate Taco Bell. <laughs> oh. That's yeah, still Taco Bell. <laughs> no, I mean, I mean, like the wrappers and the, wrappers uh, are the cups. That's... You lick the wrapper, man. You... Uh, there's cheat. If I'm Taco feeling Bell indulgent and I want a dessert, I'll get some Cinnabon delights too. No. Oh fuck. No, I don't. I don't eat yeah. anything. Yeah, from if I'm Taco feeling Bell. decadent, from yeah, I don't come back coma. for my break. That's... That's fair. Do they have Taco no, Bell in like, The only way I'll eat Taco Bell. Yeah, they do. They have actually uh, two locations, or a few locations. Uh, one in Osaka, I think, and one in Tokyo, which I'm not super close to, and I'm not going to go two hours by train just to eat uh, food like that. But the only way I'll eat Taco Bell now is uh, if I am very constipated, and uh, I need, I need some way to clear up my system without spending a lot <laughs> of money on Taco Bell is your laxative? <laughs> yeah. That, yep. That's pretty funny. Well, that's fair. I, yeah. I will say that she, uh, yeah, I will say that she, sorry, I will say that Taco Bell does not always leave my stomach feeling the best. Um, anyways, thank you all for agreeing and voting that the Cheesy Gordita Crunch is supreme, that Moss it's definitely we're trying to get VR, as you first talked about. Tomb Raider is going to be hot garbage. It's just fact, even though we haven't seen it, and we're talking out of our assholes. And last but surely not least, Fish will eat that spicy banana if he fails to become a man and finish Donkey Kong Country. Um, you can find more fun polls on the Sword Chomp Instagram at Sword Chomp. Every Tuesday is poll day, and I've noticed that it's some of our most popular stories right in the uh, sword chomp story you can find all of our polls so you don't want to miss it even if you ignore us the rest of the week don't miss tuesday i want to wrap up the show here with a little kingdom come talk um i did want to i can't every time i say that i feel so immature because there's always a cum joke there's always a, a cum joke there and it's just the lowbrow always a cum joke always never the bride 
Yeah, well, we'll swing with I it. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see. On our Instagram, by the way, you can follow Shay, who is now on Instagram. You can find the post on our Instagram page where I put up Professor Layton. That's with two ends at the end of Layton. And follow him. He'll post cool pictures from Japan and all sorts of other cool things from his life. Um, yeah. Woo! Uh, I got a Moss video up. Uh, of course, the question of the week and Nintendo Direct, all of the comments we use that will tag you in the show if we read your comments. So thank you. I wish I could read all of them. I did not expect to get 46 comments on the Nintendo Direct. So that's because, you know, that people have a lot to say about that thing. Um, I will get Nintendo. I will say this that Direct gets people talking. So once again, Nintendo always As wins. Intended. Yeah, they get people. They get. And that's what we're all about. Good conversation. Um, so Kingdom Come is sort of the closing of the show here. And that was intentional as both the joke for, you know, waiting for the come. But also, we kind of pushed to the back. Shay's been having a lot of frustration. We played the whole tutorial last week. It's very dense. And then Shay hadn't been able to spend a lot of time with it. Um, so that's why I kind of relegated to the back. And he got frustrated because the game doesn't let you pause during the, the movies. So he was trying to, like, make dinner and shit. And the movie just kept playing. It's it's it goes more into that, like more than just that. To be honest with you, I kept I kept trying to play, and I was telling uh, Josh this earlier as we were playing Fortnite. Mm-hmm. I would start it up, and I'd get into it, um, into the game, whether it was the cutscene or me running around, and I was just like, I just I, there's no interest right now for me to keep playing this game i don't know if it's because it's the game itself if it's i'm just not in the right mindset to sit down and play a long rpg maybe it's both of those um i just i could not be fucked to play this game uh again i don't know it's just it's so disappointing to me last week just how slow moving it was and how little is really going on that i just I don't want to try again um, right now, at least. I want to I want to play other games. I've been having a lot of fun with um, Into the Breach the past few days, and that's been a lot of fun for me. So, oh, I feel bad though, man. You yeah. dropped a lot of money on that Kingdom Come game. I did. I did. I'm pissed. I'm pissed. But maybe it's a um, mood thing. I I wish I could tell you it gets a lot better. I wish I could just give you a glowing recommendation and say when you come back to it. Um, when you come back to it, it's going to be so much more engaging, but I would be lying. I mean, it's, I don't, I don't hate the game. A lot of people recommended yeah. it. A lot of friends of ours. And I, I'm not like disappointed that people recommended it to me because I like to just try everything out and I like to analyze things as part of the fun, but it's definitely right. It's, it's the pacing of that game is unlike anything you will, you will play. It's very slow. As soon as you're done with exactly, as soon as you're done with the tutorial, Shay. There's like more tutorials <laughs> upon tutorials. Yeah, um, yeah, precisely. They they kind of send you out into the world, and you literally will be doing. You would call them fetch quests, but it's like walk here and talk to this person. Walk here and talk to this person. Walk here and grab this. I mean, it's 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 gonna drive you crazy. And uh, but I think the frustrating thing is the story that showed a lot of promise kind of fades away to the background. Um, voice acting still stellar, but there's nothing interesting yes, that's happening. Yeah. No, you're right. And that's that's the thing here is I feel like this game 
had it been made in the early to mid 2000s yeah would have been okay uh, it would have been good for that time period because um i think this is just kind of the product of the future is that games are a little bit faster paced now and we i think uh, at least this generation of gamers maybe the up and even more so the upcoming generation just doesn't have as much patience anymore for those slow burning slow moving games and like you're saying the story has a lot of promise and i can see what the creators were trying to do um it's interesting what they were trying to do is interesting in itself but the the finalized product just for me hasn't struck a struck a chord with me um yet i am going to go back and try it again eventually um Mm -hmm. because i did a i spent 60 dollars on it and b because i do like those i do like those medieval set games and i want i want to give it its fair due um i don't feel like i have given it its fair due to be honest with you so i couldn't sit here and say anything for or against the game but yeah i just right now no, I'm, I'm just no, not interested in it right now. Rich, Rich actually said he was like, this game's really dense and I like it, but it's real weird. I mean, it, uh, yeah, I, I bounced off it pretty hard at a point mm-hmm. by, n- by no fault of the, well, not by no fault of the game. Uh, like Shay was saying, and how just how dense it is. And when you talk about a slow burn in between working a full-time job and then covering stuff for Destructoid, the stuff I play that isn't for direct coverage in my free time, I'm, like, very careful about it with. Like, I need to, oh, I need to play a little bit of this here. Uh, but I have time to fit in some of this. I played <laughs> Kingdom uh, Come for three individual settings before I got a title card. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's insane. That's, that's insane, yeah. And it just... That's exactly it. It takes forever yeah. to get and off the ground. Of that, why... Ugh. Sorry, go, ahead. go ahead. Why why would I play this game when in 2015 they met, made a better medieval game in Witcher 3? That was 3 years ago and, that and I'm game, playing a lot of that right now. Yeah. And boy, yeah, exactly. what a better it's game that is. better. <laughs> yeah, no there's no there's no denying that. Well the weird <laughs> as as he holds up his Witcher 3 book on webcam. Um no it is. It is it, you know the biggest, the weirdest thing I've noticed about this game that they struck out on, and I think because of technical issues and being a Kickstarter and all the things that seem cool about it also blowing up in their face. If you're basing a game around hyper-realism, but the game is broken and glitchy and ugly, it doesn't work. It doesn't. It is a mess in spots. It, it does it, In some really funny ways at times. At times, yes. I, sent, yeah. I put that picture on the Instagram. I shot a guy in the fucking neck with an arrow. And he just kept fighting me. So, <laughs> so, I mean, that's comical, but also kind of annoying. But I'm just saying that everything they're doing in the game is deliberate for the source of realism. Walk to this person, grab, uh, you know, get this item, trade him. Like, it's all done to be very slow. And on the back, they're touting a very realistic experience. And that's fine. But it falls apart when the game feels like everything is... like There's so many a, things that take you out of it. Yes. It's like an opposing philosophy working against it. It's, it's ridiculous. And that's unfortunate for them. Because I think if the game looked like Uncharted 4 and was tightly polished, like maybe those things would help sell the world. Sell. For me, it wasn't the looks. Yeah, none of that it wasn't my the problems looks. with it either. No, it's the pacing and just... It feels like 
all this mundane, like if you were to take that time period and you were to take all the mundane shit, because a lot of, a lot of games and movies and all media kind of glorify the medieval days because a lot of it was mundane. That's, that's the truth about during that time. Like it's romanticized in a lot of these media outlets, but you know, during those times, things were boring. A lot of your time was spent working to survive. Yes. You know, and it was a lot of it is like, I, I garden. That's my whole livelihood because I have to trade in order to, you know, get this resource that that's what you did. But that's not interesting in a video game format. Who wants to, who wants to play that unless it's like the people who absolutely love that time period and want to learn about it. Yeah, that's and cool. And it does and that's for try specific... for that trope. Right, It exactly. tries for that for the blacksmith's son who's like whisked mm-hmm. away to become a swordsman, but it also, like you said, is hitting on these super boring fucking aspects at the same time. It, it is, it's... Right, yeah. it's for a specific subset of people, it's, essentially, is what this game is for. Yeah, it's like the people that can just get off on... Like, I feel like the creator of this game is just someone who just sits around jerking off to old medieval magazines or something, right? Like, it's like the most bland. Like, I, I like that they tried to exclude. I feel like that's a little excessive. Medieval magazines. I, I don't know why. I, you know, Medieval Weekly. Yeah. You guys don't get that? Yeah. What is it? <laughs> medieval Castle Weekly. Like blacksmithing like, Yearly. Yeah, Blacksmithing Yearly. Um, Joust, jousting Monthly. Like, uh, <laughs> like, um... God damn it! You threw me off my fuck. What I was gonna say? Uh, I I think that the remedial ta- the task that you're doing. I mean, all I'm saying is I think if everything looked better and played better, it might sell it a little bit more. If you're wanting me to do, because they lead you into situations like you'll be doing a boring task and then you'll wander into kind of an interesting scenario. And I just think they could have sold what they were going for if they would have pushed that harder. But I do agree. The problem with the game is that it's dull. Like the the voice acting is some of the best I've ever heard, but the characters are boring. They're, they're dull, and the world is dull. And I hate to say it, like even though it's cool that they tried to do something without dragons and shit, like Game of Thrones and The Witcher, those games are more interesting because they're just uh, there's more personality. And I I hate to just to say that it's personalityless because it's realistic, but none of the characters are like interesting aesthetically or from a personality they all feel real but they're also very boring that's my personal mm-hmm. thing i think i think that's I, I think that what you're actually getting at is not quite what you're saying but what you're meaning to say is that because of these characters there's not enough development for them to make them interesting they're not quirky enough they just feel like these typical tropes or these kind of archetypes of characters that the game almost would need to re- rely on a surreal aspect or a supernatural aspect to make the game interesting. And it doesn't those introduce characters those characters interesting. And because it doesn't have that supernatural aspect, it's not an interesting game. It, well, and it's it's difficult. My memory of, of each villager becomes incredibly one note because of that. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And you, you have all these other games that, well, maybe the character development isn't as strong, like... I feel like in some aspects, Elder Scrolls games, as much as I love those games, a lot of the characters are forgettable. Mm-hmm. I mean, I remember a very select few, and then the rest are, you know, and it's the same with Witcher, but that has that supernatural aspect to it, and it does have a few characters that develop pretty well in both say, of those I think games the Witcher handles both of those worlds that development a lot better. It does, yeah, and this game is missing both of those. Like, well, if you don't have 
supernatural elements and you're you're relegating it to menial gameplay, okay, well then you have to have interesting, unique characters. I'm not disagreeing with you. I would just say you might want to wait to get a little farther before making that assessment. I know you're just at the tutorial, and Rich, I don't know how far you've gotten, so I don't want to throw any judgments. I'm 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 a way past that, but okay, because I just did this really lengthy mission where I had to walk around like the all these horses were murdered, and I had to go track this guy down. Have you done that one yet, Rich? Uh, no, I don't believe it's it's part of the main quest. Um, I went hunting with this guy. I'm pretty far into the game, and. But I'm all, here's the thing I will say about this. Every time I keep thinking the game is going to get more interesting, and I'm always left feeling disappointed. Like every mm. time it takes a hook, I'm like, this is kind of an interesting idea. And then the payoff is always disappointing. And I think that's what finally broke me is I was just kind of getting bored of the game. I went on this like three hour long quest where I talk to this guy, talk to this guy, talk to this guy. Oh, he's not at this camp. Maybe try another camp. Oh, he's in the woods hiding in his hut. Go find him. Yeah, these guys are after me. Can you go kill? Like it was like three hours of this horrible mm-hmm. thing. And when I got into the fight with these fucking guys in this game that's supposed to be hyper realistic, I pulled my bow and arrow out from 10 feet away and I put a fucking three foot long wounding arrow into his fucking neck and he wasn't even phased he went and i'm like <laughs> what the hell is this game trying you pick one if you want to be stupid be stupid if you want to be serious be serious it's just it's all over the place but unfortunately mm-hmm. i think its biggest problem is that it's a little dull mm-hmm. um, but i think that the the director wanted it to be dull i think it was a very um uh, intentional creative decision to be to be dull and if and I know that sounds like a weird thing to say, but uh, I think he was going for exactly what he wanted. And I feel like this is going to appeal to a very small segment of people that just get off on that time period. Um, anyways, it's I've been okay. thinking a lot. I've been thinking a lot about it because I've been playing it a lot, and mm. I am I'm done playing it though. I I can't I can't stick with it any longer. It's just not giving me back enough in return for what I'm putting into it. Um, I will say the voice acting is still exceptional. But I haven't seen that villain, that cool, not he's not cool, but that weird bald guy with the mustache. I haven't seen him in nah. hours since the tutorial. So I, like, I haven't. And that's weird because he's the most interesting character out of the whole game. My favorite character is uh, the old man who owed me money, who told me to go fuck myself. So then me and my <laughs> friends beat him up because we're terrible fucking people. Yeah, yeah. T- oh, and the tutorial. Yeah. I will say, if you take the yeah. terrible route in that game... But he wasn't really your favorite character. <laughs> if, if you take the terrible route in that game, which isn't that terrible, but it makes the game more interesting, which is kind of sad. I felt like I had to be an asshole to make the game slightly... I, I feel like the line of morality in that game is like not even like, I'm evil, it's like, I'm kind of a dick. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's, it's a strange game, and that's why I kept sticking with it, because it's not like a lot of other video games. It doesn't go for action, and I applaud that. Um... But as we discussed, it's it's just boring, and I I I don't mean that to be like bad analysis. I think we've covered it pretty thoroughly, but it's it's just boring. But I, I liked what they were going for. Yes. I'll probably trade to everyone who recommended yep. it to me. I still appreciate the recommendation. I'll probably trade it in for um, for The Witcher Three. <laughs> well, I've already played the hell out of The Witcher Three. Yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> um, I'd probably trade it in for Far Cry Five. I think that's what I'll probably trade it in for. Uh, that's next on my hit list. And Into the Breach, you guys have sold me. I'm going to play it a lot this week. I'm caught up. I beat Donkey Kong. I beat Moss. Um, and I'm going to. I'm done with uh, Kingdom Come now that I put like 25 hours into it. Um, so I think I'm going to move on to Into the Breach next week. 
and then kind of get my palate ready. I'm still hoping Fish like wakes up one day and he's like, maybe I'll give Donkey Kong a shot. Or I'm still waiting for Fish to play Nier. I, he has a copy of Nier sitting at home. It's basically a coaster right now. It's driving me insane. So. <laughs> Enough. Oh, I'm still waiting on you to actually beat an engine. Oh. So you could get your get that engine Monster Hunter. No, I wanted to beat an engine with my yeah. friends, but Monster Hunter wouldn't let me. So. Maybe when they get their online shit together, I'll come back to the game. How about that? Maybe if you stop fainting, you know. How about this, Fish? You finish Donkey Kong Country 1 and 2, and I'll go buy Monster Hunter World. Ho. Oh. Ho. Oh. <laughs> really? Will, I'll will play you with play you? with yeah. me, though? Oh, I mean, yeah. That's the thing. Is he'll buy it. He didn't say he'll play well, it. Well, I'm not going to buy it and then stare it. at it. What's the point of that? Yeah, but I think I feel like if, okay. if he puts in that much time to beat both of those games, there should be a certain amount of hours you have to put to in with him however many hours he spends playing those games you have to spend playing monster hunter with him i would be willing to play the oh, end game is the only part of the game Fish, that... just just play this first level for 20 hours straight i i think i could do I, a better I feel like run. an eight-year-old trying to get their dad to play with them <laughs> daddy now at this point <laughs> please sorry please. sport it's the office again <laughs> i'm not gonna be able to make it to the baseball game son um fish is just out there with a fishing pole sitting there alone <laughs> he said he'd be home <laughs> so sad um but see i can make that i can clearly make that bet on my conscience because i know fish ain't gonna touch donkey kong i already see it in his eyes all right he's he's scared of the beast what uh, you gonna it's make done. that bet it's Let's made that bet a gentleman's agreement okay all right um it's done deal done and then I have to go make sure I have $60. Uh, all right. Well, thanks for... Uh, it's been a fun show, other than poor Josh having to bow out at the end there. We'll edit it and throw it together, and it's it's getting late here. Um, oh, it's they, very late. Rich, thanks for being with us. I know we had some technical difficulties, and we adapted. Um, and so you can find all of Rich's incredible work. We call him the maestro over at destructed.com. Um Rich Meister's right. I'm telling you, get that that inside article. I know you're digging into it. I want to see. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna get some details. I'll hopefully throw something together tomorrow. So, I will should, be the. Fr- that will be blow out up. there. It's gonna blow up for you, my friend. I will. <laughs> I will. The one. I, I will repost that on our on our Instagram. Um, and everyone that's been commenting and supporting us as we were growing. I know we hit like five thousand unique listeners recently. Uh, our community has been just incredible for such a small independent podcast i'm still out there meeting people all the time it's just been a lot of fun so we hope you enjoyed the show we'll be back next week with some good stuff um and hopefully i didn't forget anything because if i did i'm gonna be pissed um but for now i want to thank you guys for being here thanks again rich and we will see you next week